Hello, everybody, and welcome to RPG Cast 496 for the week of March 16, 2019. I am your A plus host, Anna and I'm A plus because my name starts with A. We got lots of A names here. Hi, Alex. Hello. Hi, Alice. Hello. When did you have... take over as host? Um, while you were gone. Okay. You've you've been gone for a while, honey. Yeah, I know. We um, missed you. Of, I know. But, you know, just kind of speaking thereof, I'm just going to make a general PSA. Just if you're ever feeling down, go talk to people. It's important. That's, that's really good, good advice. Yeah, that's your good advice for the day. I'm not going to give you any more because it ain't free. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's talk about the people that don't have A as their name. How about Chris? Hi. How about Josh? Morning. How about Kelly? Hello. Pascal has an A as in his name. He's got two A's in his name. He's cheating. Two. And we have Hi. someone new this week. Oh my god, we have so many people. Hi, Peter Thomas. I'm so new. Hi. Hi, Peter. Hey, Peter. Hi, Peter. I'm, I'm Peter. Peter is Hi. a relatively new employed RP gamer. I say relatively compared to everyone else. And then um, he's a streamer on Twitch slash Mixer slash mostly Mixer now because Twitch partners programs are politics. And then um anna likes him and wanted to be on the show so now we're on the show yay yay this is a massive show yeah i'm gonna be like forcing myself and be like thanks anna (laughs) (laughs) peter normally knows me through one of my jobs and so he does not normally call me anna (laughs) but we will we will hopefully manage to stumble through this all (laughs) So, all right, now we have a gigantic, huge, now playing section, and we're going to kick it off with Alice, because it's been forever since she's been on. That's true. It has been a very long time since I've been on, so I've decided, All right, hey, have you delivered any missiles yet, lately? Not in EVE, but I have been delivering missiles. Yay! Because right. you've been playing Ace Combat 7. Oh, yes, I have been playing Oh, Ace that Combat. game you, you has an anime crazy story, right? Anime crazy story in Ace Combat 7? Someone kind of described it as like it, it's the modern world, but it's a JRPG. <laughs> Excellent. And everyone acts like a JRPG character, except the main character, who's of course a heroic mute. Does anybody lose their memory? No. No. Okay. There is Those the people... two-dimensional dog, though. Mm. Oh yeah, the JPEG dog. <laughs> no, I'm serious. In one of the game's cutscenes, which is kind of filled with, there are like several pre-rendered characters who are moving normally um there is like the jpeg of a dog in the scene i'm i'm not kidding if you look up jpeg dog i'm looking it up right now yeah you will find now unfortunately that does have a like a, a somewhat tragic note behind it because apparently it's a picture of one of the developers dogs who passed away before the game came out I remember hearing about this. Yeah, we yeah. talked about it briefly on one of the podcasts. Yeah, we did. This is where I heard about it. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Um, but for those people not familiar with Ace Combat, um, the series mostly takes place in a in on a, a, a not Earth called Strange Real, where there are sort of analogies for modern countries, but it's a completely different continent layout, and New Zealand's just hanging around for some reason. Uh, whatever. <laughs> Uh, and it's Those kind of traditionally had these kind of very, like, epic 
sort of very JRPG storylines that, of course, are all resolved by the plucky squadron of uh, pilots in modern combat planes, because, you know, why not? You know, Russia may not exist, but the Su-37 definitely does. Also, oh, and there's, there's a, a princess and, and, and stuff. Yeah, and there's a space elevator now. What? Yeah. Yeah. You, so, what do you fly the... in space? Please tell me you don't fly in space. You don't. Okay, you don't. Go. It's just one of the. It's just one of the kind of like backdrops that this whole war kind of takes place around. Okay. So. <clears throat> You've also been playing another game that I want to hear about because I watched, um, t- I, so I really like Tim Rogers. He's at 108 on Twitter. He does videos for Kotaku.com. Um, and he did this like 20 minute video about Devil May Cry where I actually have no idea what he thinks about the game, but the video was amazing. So please tell me about Devil May Cry 5. Um, hmm. How, hmm. Devil May Cry 5 is a difficult one for me. I like Devil May, the Devil May Cry series. Not, like, hugely, but, I, you know, I've enjoyed the other games in the series, except maybe Devil May Cry 2, which everyone kind of agrees sucks anyway. Um, and, I okay, I, I didn't really, like, do much with the first one, but I did play through Devil May Cry 3 and finished it, and I thought, hey, you know, this is pretty good for a game released in, I think it was 2008 originally. Anyone want to fact check me on that one? Well, whatever. Um, and I'm sure we'll get a the... correction in the comments if you're wrong. Yeah, we'll get a correction. I'm kind of discounting the the kind of the you know the the reboot everybody didn't like. Um, See, I heard the reboot was actually really good. Yeah. Yeah. No. I, I mean, hmm. it depends it was, it who was you kind ask. Of weird because when the reboot first came out, I remember there being this like wave of hate. Because and they changed the characters. Nobody and stuff. liked it, blah, blah, blah. It, and then, like, six months after the game came out, everybody's. The tide kind of just turned. And now that Devil May Cry 5 is out, people like the, the reboot. Uh, people yeah, like I, the new one, too. So it's like, I don't know. So, but discounting it for a second, I think um, the problem is, is between 2008 and 2019, there is another very good action game series that came out, developed by Platinum, that people may have heard of, starring a character called Bayonetta, you may have heard of her. Yes, Mm -hmm. the last character action game, which came out, like, forever ago. (laughs) Yeah, and I think kind of the only real problem with Bayonetta 2 at this point is the fact that it's on a dead console. (laughs) No, it's on the Switch. Yep. Is it? Wait, Yeah, they ported uh, Bayonetta 1 and 2 to the Switch. When did they do that? I don't know. Last year. Last year. Yeah. Last year. Christ. Yeah. I'm, I'm really behind. They've the ported time. that to every Nintendo console lately. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I have the original Bayonetta on PC. They still haven't released the second one, the bastards. Yeah. If you yeah. buy the uh, second one in a hard format, a physical format, they'll um, give you the first one digitally for free. Really? Jesus. Mm-hmm. Okay. So. I think the thing about Devil May Cry 5 is it plays and feels very much like Devil May Cry 3. And if you liked Devil May Cry 3, you will probably like Devil May Cry 5 because it's basically more of the same. Um, I remember people really liking Devil May Cry 3. Yeah, and there's Devil... I mean, I played less of Devil May Cry 4, which means I'm kind of slightly less attached to Nero, one of the main characters who was only introduced in Devil May Cry 4. Um, And I could kind of see what they were going with. Um, There are three playable characters. They kind of have their own gimmicks. Um, Dante's got a beard now. 
and and can do the moonwalk. Uh, yeah, and can put on a hat and moonwalk. Um, it you know it is just a it is a you know you're it is a very kind of well put together stylized hack and slash action game, and I have really changeable opinions on it. I finished it. Uh, I let me just check my playtime actually. I got it up on uh, Steam. Um, so I have the PC version because I get basically everything on PC these days. 11 hours total. So it's not a long game by any stretch, but um, it kind of, I think, incentivizes repeat playthroughs. Uh, you, in order to unlock any difficulty above hard, you need to finish the game anyway. Um, it's kind of orientated towards like high score runs and perfecting your combat skills. And all of that, I think it does execute really well. People call it like the third part of Capcom's redemption arc next to uh, um, Resident Monster Evil Hunter. 7 and Monster Hunter. I, I was, yeah, I was going to say Monster Hunter World and the Resident Evil 2 remake. Okay, yeah. Yeah, and people are saying, oh, you know, everyone loves Capcom now because Devil May Cry 5 doesn't suck. Well, with the exception of Street Fighter, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. If you're a Street Fighter fan, whatever. But So I think the important thing is Devil May Cry 5 is not a bad game. It is a good game, but I'm not sure I like it more than Bayonetta or Bayonetta 2. Okay. Because generally, um, I just get on better with those games and how they play. And Platinum really do know how to make action games. So that's kind of my opinion on Devil May Cry 5. It's a good game. If you like the Devil May Cry series, you will probably really enjoy it. Okay, so I have to ask you, how freaking awesome is V? Do you like V? Uh, I don't know. How are you for emo guys who read poetry? Yeah. <laughs> so this dude, he, he's... um. He, he floats around on a black emo cloud reading poetry while his summoned beasts kill monsters for him, and then he runs in with a cane and finishes them off. Yeah. I'm so v, s- that's amazing. Yeah, V's thing is that he can't actually kill anything. He has Oh, uh, his summons can't kill anything. He has to deal with the finishing blow himself. It's a little bit like... But he um, powers them up by reading poetry. Uh, the, um, the specific mechanic is he pulls out a book and starts reading poetry to refill his um, devil trigger gauge. <laughs> which he uses then to summon his uh, big monster, which also turns his hair white, which is extremely anime. <laughs> what? Yeah. No, I'm I didn't serious. know that you, part. Yeah, it, you, you, you press the button to summon Nightmare, and his hair kind of blasts white. It's kind of amazing. <laughs> it's so Dragon Ball. Yeah, it, it it's really, really anime. And... I, you know, I think I I didn't really quite like V's combat style, but um, I, yeah, I certainly an amusing addition to the cast, if nothing else. <laughs> that alone kind of makes it worth it. Um, and Nero's thing is he still has his somewhat ridiculous sword with a motorcycle rever on it, which was in Devil May Cry Four. Oh, I've seen clips of that. Yeah, he's his yeah. motorcycle gets split in two, and he uses both halves to beat up people. <laughs> and oh, then no, no, he puts no, it back together and rides around on it. <laughs> No, that's Dante. Dante oh. does get the motorcycle sword. No, Nero just has a motorcycle like rever on his sword grip. Oh, right, right. Um, Wait, he goes rum rum on his sword. Yes. Yeah, he goes rum rum on his sword to make it to power it up. What? Yeah. 
Uh, and also, he lost his arm at some point, which I think was something that happened in Devil May Cry 4. They show the cutscene like, of it in 5. Yeah, they show the cutscene of it. Um, so he actually has an assortment now of artificial arms, which each have different effects. Oh, the, um, those are the arms the girl makes, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, all of them are, uh, are like, they all do different things. Um, but if you, get, if you take a hit while using one of them, it breaks and gets replaced with the next one. Oh, that's interesting. <clears throat> so it forces you to be good at all of them, kind of. Yeah, you can, and you can find them like just lying around levels, so you can replenish your arms. Uh, there's a sentence that <laughs> I didn't think I'd read out, but there you go. Um, Dante stuff is like traditional Devil May Cry. Um, you have a set of melee weapons, you have a set of ranged weapons, you can switch them around as needed. Uh... His stuff is all... <laughs> he has the stance system from previous games. If you've played Devil May Cry 3, you pretty much can get Dante's deal here. You know, you've, 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 you've played it before. His stuff is probably the most familiar to people. And then V is all, like, he's, a, you know, a, a Beastmaster slash Summoner type character, all based more based on things like ranged attacks and using his summons to attack for him. So... Yeah. There's a good mixture of, of styles. I say, if you like Devil May Cry, you probably like it. It keeps the series same irreverent humor as well, if you like that sort of thing. Okay. You've not mentioned the best part of this game, Ellis. Which one? <sighs> Wait, which one what? Which part? Well, which bit? Yeah, which bit? You can optionally choose to watch the in-development version of all the cutscenes of Devil May Cry oh, 5. Yeah. <laughs> I think that was actually part of the um, was part of the special edition, I think? One of the DLCs? Yeah, I don't know, but they're all up on YouTube now. <laughs> yeah, of course they are. And it is amazing. <laughs> it's like they this... Remind, they've, they've, they re go ahead. They remind me of... Have you ever seen low-budget trailers where people recreate like the... T2 trailer using cardboard. <laughs> it's yeah, so um, awesome. So, um, they actually did do this. Uh, it was one of the things, I think it was on the special edition of Devil May Cry 3. Um, they did have like a video showing the uh, mocap process for the opening cutscene, which, you know, did involve some, some pretty ridiculous acrobatics. This isn't even mocap. This is just reference footage that they have actors like acting out so that then when they go to animate yeah. it they can say oh that's how oh, yeah, human no, it, had the it had the yeah. reference footage as well yeah um it just you know they kind of like tried to match it up they have mm -hmm. like a little in 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 window thing but the best the part is sometimes they replace the actors with an action figure <laughs> to have yeah. them spinning through the air and stuff it's so good <laughs> and they layer in certain like low budget special effects to like show gun muzzle flashes like <laughs> It's so amazing. Pew, 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 pew. <laughs> I just saw the action figure. Yeah. <laughs> I also think I saw him revving the sword. Yep. <laughs> and the guy who has summoned monsters, like there's just a dude dressed in black <laughs> flapping his arms because he's a bird. <laughs> it's so great. Uh, and you could, you could just go watch him in the gallery in the game, but... Um, they're, they're all, all on, on YouTube, YouTube as well, obviously, but yeah, it's it's incredible. <laughs> and like you watch like the main thing, and then you watch like this thing, and you just see how they're simulating the stupid effects and stuff, and it's just amazing <laughs> in a really dumb sort of way. <laughs> <laughs>
All so, right. I, I did link the uh, Devil May Cry 3 one as well, just for reference. Okay. <sighs> um, Josh splashes with some cold water. Yeah. Because you've been making our, our oh, Discord. No. Oh, no. Have you been playing more Mariage? Uh, not yeah. family appropriate. Not family friendly. Well, this that 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 photo was not you know not completely unsafe for work. Um, she is wearing barely enough metal to hide her nipples. Yeah, and barely enough metal to support those metal pieces. Yeah. So I'm kind of with Piedine on this one. What is with that outfit? Yeah, I don't know what the heck was with that outfit. It's mariage. All the girl, all our world. Most of the girls have ridiculous outfits. It's kind of the thing, apparently. Except for Piadina, who's apparently locked up her heart. Yeah. <laughs> Lord, this game. Yeah, I finally got past the part I was stuck on. Yay! Because I had, yeah, because I had turned down the difficulty in this game to easy, thinking like, oh, I can just blow through this, get to the end, and review it quickly. And okay. then it turns out you get to the end of the first generation, and you have to have... You don't just get to choose a girl to move on to the second generation. You have to max out the affection level of one of the girls to be able to move on to the next generation. And yourself, right? Yeah, yeah. And you can't do that by just doing the side quests you or the side events. You have to uh, use the link attacks in combat to level up or either that or you have to grind for items that will increase the uh, the girl's affection. So I just spent like... I don't know what it was, like six or seven hours of just, you know, solid grinding to get finally get the affection level up so I can move on. It is making the second half of the game go much quicker because I'm just completely overleveled for it. <laughs> well, okay. But that, 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 yeah, there's still plenty of scantily clad women in Mariage. It, it's more of the same. Like, it. If they had just gotten the balance a little bit better on the the difficulty where it's just like the bosses are such HP sponges that on normal difficulty, they take forever. And it's just it's not it's not hard. It's just not really slow. Yeah, exactly. It just goes on and on and on. And then you swap it down to easy and then there's no challenge. Mm. It's one of those games where they just didn't quite nail the difficulty level. Like otherwise, it's 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 a perfectly inoffensive little uh, turn-based RPG. You know what's yeah, hard to do? <laughs> Y'all know what's hard to do? Make an RPG that's fun. Yeah, yeah. It's like you either make a game that has a really good story and the battle system sucks, a game that both the battle system and the story sucks, a game that the battle system is great but the story sucks, or a game that nobody's happy with. Oh wait, that's all of those. And just <laughs> it's so hard. But uh, you, you've been playing a game that's fairly well balanced between all those things. Yeah, like I, I've been balancing it out by playing more Final Fantasy IX. And the more I play that game, the more I just absolutely love it. And Is this your first a, time playing it? Yeah, yeah. I never okay. played it before. I'm not a big... I've never been a huge Final Fantasy fan because I missed out on the... I never owned a Super Nintendo. So I kind of missed out on hopping on on that Sacrilege. time. I know. I have to fire you now. I had a Genesis. What can okay, I do? Okay, then you're rehired. <laughs> yeah, as long as you really played Shining Force. Like, yeah, Shining Force and Fantasy Star. So Shining okay. Force is a bit slow. Have you gone back to that lately? No. Uh, I played it last year. It's not that slow. Right. Uh, no, no, I'm it's just slow. I'm just a whiner, I guess. I don't know. 
No, no. Oh, Final Fantasy Nine looks weird on the Switch. It's like it's upresed and stuff. It is. It so is in some places. They they retained all of the but background it art. It doesn't match the background now. Yeah. Yeah. Which they I don't upgraded... know if I'm okay with or not okay with, honestly, because the background is nothing to be proud of because yeah, it's they... low res, but neither is... Oh, it's so weird. They they upgraded the character oh. models, and they upgraded... So the, the, yeah, it looks there like is a, a Flash a game now. What is this? <laughs> it's weird. I think we saw that like a long time ago when they were announcing it in some screenshots they released, but it was unclear of whether that was just like temporary... This is the same as this P- PC version, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. Ugh. It has the cheats in it from the PC version as well. Yeah. Okay. Which, which, like I said last week, I mean, that just makes the game so much easier when, like, you go to the wrong place and then you can just, like, turn off random encounters and turn it into fast-forward mode and just walk across the entire continent in, like, 60 seconds. <laughs> I love that feature. <laughs> It's one of those things that uh, I you, wish you know, more so, RPGs would do that feature. Exactly, especially especially like this, where it's re, re releasing an older RPG. Like that is one thing that makes it so much easier to play. That yeah, not... no, totally. I mean, this is something that I talked about when I was playing Fantasy Star. It's like making older classic RPGs accessible in some way, whether it's a map or a speed up function or like an auto battle or whatever, making them accessible, more accessible is like how these games should be released, period. But what about exactly. making them look weird? Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, that that's the problem of the different aspect ratios, too. I mean, mm. if they wanted to make it perfect, they would have had to totally redo the art. So they kept it in the same well, four by three. It looks like this is still ratio. four three, and yeah, it is. That ain't it's... the problem. The problem is the mi- mix match between the foreground and background. I think. Yeah, it <sighs> is. It it looks fine if you're playing it portably on Switch. Yeah, but yeah, you notice it when you're playing it on a TV screen, definitely. Huh. Wait, so you have a bigger problem with the foreign background than the um, the PS one era three D overworld map? Uh, what? That's that's nostalgia. I mean, this is. I, don't know, I feel like that that throws me for more of a loop than anything else. Well, I, I don't know. I've only been looking at this video, so I'm I'm just complaining about what I'm saying. No, it was, uh, yeah, but it was, <laughs> on, it was in the video in for a moment too. 14, in nine. So. Say what, Alex? You don't spend that long in it in nine. So yeah. I don't think it's that much. Of an issue. So like here, I'm okay with this, like because yeah. the yeah, the fine. airship matches the background. Like this is fine, and you'll see it in a second. Um. Oh, and yeah, yeah, yeah. It hasn't bothered me that much. I mean, you know, I know what I was expecting. I, mean, I remember the PS One era. It, it's not. <laughs> it, it still looks like a PS One game. Them calling it an HD uh, release is kind of like I, I don't know how you get away with that. <laughs> this is the yeah. one time I'll accept someone saying this looks like a PlayStation One game. <laughs> yes, because <laughs> it does. <laughs> Because it is. <laughs> All right. I would agree, though. I don't. I wouldn't call this an HD port by any stretch. Uh, and the menus just... have been redone to be higher res, I guess. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah, because if you Next... didn't, you wouldn't be able to read them on a TV. Yeah. 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 
Since when yeah. a game company started to caring about that? Okay. <laughs> Remember the 360? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, the 360 is when I had to upgrade to a real TV. <laughs> to get new glasses. It's like, I can't read this anymore. Wait, why is this Kingdom... Oh, I see. I tried playing Dead Rising on... I had a TV in my parents' bedroom that was... Um, it was like 16 inches. Oh, or, no. So it was so <laughs> tiny. magnifying was, glass. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I can't, I can't read anything. I have to either have the volume on or I don't know what's going on. Yeah. See, I, tr- I tried to play Too Human on my 19-inch TV way back when on the 360. Well, there and are multiple problems with that, Kelly. Well, but, yeah, ahead, I, I get that. But, like, I couldn't read, like, the weapon text at all. So I couldn't tell, like, what was an upgrade or whatnot and... Yeah, I'm, from what I've heard, I'm probably good not continuing that game. I was trying to play Vandal Hearts on the 360 for review, and I could not read the text. I had to go buy a new TV. Josh, um, one of one of the things I heard somebody complain about with the uh, features that they added in was that they thought it was a bit of a hassle um, to have to basically press a button to get to the menu that does the you know fast forward and stuff did you find yeah. that that was irritating mm, not really <laughs> as well i guess as opposed to uh, final fantasy 12 you literally just press, yeah you you know l1 or whatever yeah i suppose from that standpoint yeah you, you got one extra step i don't know i've mostly been playing it on my tv so mm. with the pro controller it's kind of not a big deal to kind of hit hit the pause button and then you know turn on turn on or turn off whichever cheats i want but yeah, I mean, it, it is somewhat of a downgrade from, uh, I guess, from FF12 from that standpoint. Gotcha. All right. Hey, Kelly. Yes. How's your breakup with WoW going? Um, we're still not talking, though. They tried to like dangle new races in front of me to get me to go back, but it's like no. Oh, what are the new no. races? Tell me. It's fat, fat humans and slightly taller. Uh, slightly taller, no, slightly taller trolls. So this is the yeah. Kal- so this is the Kalteras humans and the Zandalari trolls. Yep. Okay. Yeah, and I kind of wanted to play the slightly taller trolls because I wanted to finally give Boomkin a shot. But slightly like, taller nope. Boomkin. Huh? Oh, what is this hog? Oh, <laughs> how much is this bad boy? No, like Chris. thirty bucks. He's got bell on him. No, the hog Chris. of good fortune. Okay. No. Yeah, people, I, no, Chris. Okay. People I'm just mad about that because I think like China got that hog for free. Ah, uh, fair enough. So I, I've been playing more Final Fantasy fourteen. I just finished the. Um, I'm I'm to the point in the story quest where you had to go. Uh, I'm I'm still in. Um, Pigs fly. Sorry, what was that? I'm sorry. I'm still in the Realm Reborn stuff, and I just finished that cold dungeon where you had to fight Fenrir. Oh, um, oh the one wow. just before you fight Shiva. Oh, you're yeah. getting close then. Yeah, Shiva's yeah. kind of like that bridge storyline between the first game and the expansion. Yeah, yeah, which is where shit gets really good. Yeah. So, so, so I'm. You say stuff gets really good at oh, this yeah. point. Yeah, I was getting like very bored with some of the story stuff yep. last. Oh my god, running around in that area of. Like, uh, what is that area called where, like, all the people who hate dragons are? Um, Ishgard? Yeah. Yeah, running around in that area pre-expansion sucks, Kelly. Okay. It will get better. Because, yeah, that is the worst. 
last week I, when I was trying to get through this, I was like, okay, did I make a horrible mistake? You have to push I, through I'm it. Not... I don't know what to tell you other than just yeah. push through it because it does suck. And then things get way better. Yeah. And then I was also kind of surprised by this, being able to spend 40 bucks to upgrade all of them to the collector's edition and getting all of the special collector's edition stuff at once. Yeah. They, yeah, they, uh, Final Fantasy fourteen makes it easy to give them money. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, okay, I get like three or four different mounts out of this. Uh, a helmet that gives me an EXP boost from like one to 20 for like leveling new jobs and stuff. Um, all sorts of minions. Just so you know, Kelly, the expansion jobs are going to start at higher levels. So yeah. don't let that be part of your decision-making yeah, so process. Yeah, the, the, heaven, the Heavenswood one started 30, the Stormblood one started 50. Yeah. And there's rumors that the Shadowbringers ones all start at 60. Okay, because I might end up switching to a machinist when I unlock that, just because I'm a, I'm a little bit more of a gunner-type person than a bard-type person, but I don't know how much of a pain in the ass Ooh. it is to kind of switch gears like that. Look at this! Um, well, archer, and archer, bard, and machinist all share gear. Okay. Well, okay as, in, as in, they both use uh, dex gear, range to dex gear, so any gear that, usually pretty much any gear that isn't specific to bard, it will be use, useful on machinist anyway. Okay, yep. that that's sweet then, because yeah, most there are a couple of jobs um, that like kind of like collect in that way. Uh, in that, like for example, black mage, red mage, and summoner all share gear because they're all in base casters and stuff like that. So cool, cool. Well, I, I'm yeah, I'm gonna push through because I definitely want to get to uh, the Heavensward content and um, being able to fly around in that area and stuff like that. That area sounds like fun. It's just. I can definitely tell that I'm haven't played in a long time because of how far behind I am. Kelly, I, I mean, love this. There's a YouTube video called "The Wow Refugee Guide to Final oh, Fantasy 14." I need to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I made two months is, ago. I mean, the thing that I was a little bit jealous of was the fact that you can go through the two, the patch 2.0, 2.55 content and actually get EXP for it. Because when I did it prior to Heavenswood coming out. Obviously, the level cap was still 50. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, zero EXP. Yeah, I me. just realized I dinged 51 and I didn't even notice it. Yep, you're going to get plenty of XP, so that's going to help you get through that expansion even faster. Yeah. Yep. Cool. Well, I'm, aside from that little slug, I am still having fun with the game. And um, I'm still trying to run around unlocking stuff. Like, I've got to go unlock the Glamour person yeah wait you haven't or... you haven't unlocked glamour yet it's a no it's a quest you have to do separate from the storyline so yeah if i, I didn't even know glamour was a thing it's That's, basically trans it's transmog yeah. it's not like they a changed, big thing but but yeah. they but they changed it from originally the glamour system didn't unlock until level 50 and then they changed it so that it unlocks at level 15 Cool. so yeah i've got to go track down that person and, and do that he's I in that he's just... in that area that you're base of operations should be in by the end of realm reborn so yeah yeah it's not gonna take you long i uh <laughs> also like just barely set a toe in gold saucer and that sounds like a place that i could spend a whole lot of time at there is just to be clear there is a frick ton to do in this game like there's mm-hmm. so much content to work through if you want to see it all or do it all or do all the single player stuff or unlock all the things 
I don't even know uh, where to start with. Um, yeah, yeah, and I'm not even thinking about when I hit that point, when if I'm going to be able to do the Rathalos quest or not. Uh, is that Just a, make sure you a do level Mandeville. 60 thing, right? Go ahead. Oh, yeah, do, do the Mandeville stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Hildebrandt and Mandeville, is that the same thing? Yes, Hildebrandt yeah, and Mandeville. Thing. So I haven't even done all that. That's... That's its own 20-hour adventure, at least. <laughs> so like it sounds like I'm going to have the opposite problem of WoW, where I'm going to have too much to do, as opposed to not enough to keep me occupied. I'm sorry, I was laughing at the description that's on the screen right now. Oh, normal human, a freaking cat person. <laughs> it's you can true. either be a normal human, a freaking cat person, a dragon person... A giant freaking Melvin elves, but no, you want to be a one foot tall Lollafell that literally causes world wars anywhere it goes because they're freaking potatoes, and that's how big their damn brain is. They're garbage. I feel attacked. <laughs> I feel personally attacked. What? Aren't you a cat girl in that game, Anna? No. I love my Lollafell, and it's totally true. I love Everything this person I, says is true, and I'm still going to be a Lollafell. And I wanted to ask you a question, guys, a question. Is there any reason at all to have alts in this game? Not really, unless you want no. additional inventory space. Mules? Okay. But I mean, Honestly, you have retainers it, for that. It's what you do when you run out of other stuff to do, which how that happens in this game, I don't know, but apparently it happens. Okay. Well, I guess the other thing would be to replay some of the story, but seeing as they're yep. adding that ability in now, anyway, there's no... <laughs> I see. Okay. And don't so forget, the, and don't forget, the next expansion will add Viera. Oh yes, Bunny Girls. Hey, Peter. Uh, I know. I'm so excited. Oh, did we? Ta- oh, good. Yeah, you hadn't heard last time we talked, but and I forgot to tell you, but yeah, they're adding Viera. So yay. I know. Bunny so yeah, I was going to say the only other reason you'd create a character is if you don't want to pay the ten dollars for the potion to change your race and yeah. stuff. Isn't it? I, I thought it was only five for so long. I'm pretty oh, sure I have five? like a stack of those. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, Probably I've just still one. got like two, I've still got like two spare. Yeah. I probably still have a bunch of them like tucked away from some yeah. promotion or somewhere, but they didn't give no, out I'm, that many. It's entirely guys. possible to get one free as well. They're, I, I'm cat girl for life. They're so. part of your rewards. You get one like once a year or something like that. Okay. And I've just never unsubbed from 14. Yes, you have. So you I are have not a... currently subbed. Oh, maybe I'm not. Yeah. Right, because after the credit cards got yeah. stolen, I didn't yep. resub. Yeah. Oh, well. I was subbed for but... a long time before that. Oh, that's going to suck. I had, like, my legacy subscription. Yep. Boo. Yeah. Damn it. I mean, you probably still do have your legacy sub. You do. What you need to do is just uh, you just get the counter moving again. You, you just resubscribe, and it picks up where you left off. No, no, no. I used to have the legacy pricing. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. that doesn't that doesn't stop. Oh, it doesn't. Oh, good. No, legacy is just a status you have on your account. So the pricing didn't go. Pay. The pricing didn't go up, did it? Yes, with a realm reborn. Oh, no, yeah, no, no. You... The whole point. Well, the whole point is is there was a period of time during uh, Final Fantasy fourteen version one that they turned the subscriptions back on. If you subscribed for three months or more, which I did. Um, Me too. You you get you got a status on your account called legacy, and that cheapens your subscription fees in in fourteen now. Oh, I yeah, did like not forever. do that, so that's why I don't have that. Okay, yeah, which is why I can pay. I think it was something like twenty five pound and get like a six month subscription out of it or something. Nice. Yeah, it's really cheap if you were a legacy. Yeah, player. it's incredibly generous. All right, 
What else have you been playing, Kelly? Because you're you're coming up on your Idea Factory podcast, right? Yeah, um, I I noped out on Monster Monopoly. I just wasn't feeling it. Oh, um, like, but naked I mean, girls. I like I like the battle system, but I just wasn't able to like really get into it, nope. get into the story. That's fair. The story is um, probably the worst part of the game. So, so I switched over to Hyper Devotion Noir, which Ooh. was the one that you noped out on. Yeah. And I'm actually having a little bit of fun with it. Oh, good. Because um, I like Shadow. Could you say that back. any more sarcastically? No, that oh, wasn't sarcastic. Good. Good for you. <laughs> oh, I just, I Bless adore your how your heart. little potato brain can handle this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. That was not supposed to be sarcastic. It was genuine surprise and pleasure. All right. I mean, I do have a potato brain. There's no denying <laughs> that, but not because of hyper devotion rewards, because, you know, ADD and all that fun mm. stuff. <laughs> so, this is the one that Sting worked on him with for the battle system, right? Yeah, and it definitely feels like a Sting battle system with the um, strategy combat and stuff like that. And I've been having a lot of fun just, you know, t- taking the characters and whomping doggo slimes and. All of that fun stuff. Doggoos. Uh, doggoos. Yes, dog slimes. Um, I'm only like on chapter three right now. And, you know, I've already had a pervy shower scene. So. <laughs> yep. That, they come fast relate. and frequent in a nep nep game. <laughs> come so I'm, art, I'm, man. Yeah. I'm going to be curious how far I get into that before I get bored or nope out but i'm i'm gonna try and finish it so that i have something to talk about on our compile heart uh, be... though. go on no uh we've got time on that because i think next is gonna be like yokai watch and dark souls so that's an interesting uh, combination well no like yokai yokai watch so and then probably dark <laughs> souls know, show. i'm being silly but is there anything else you've been I, playing yokai kelly souls. Um, I'm really into SteamWorld Dig 1 and 2 right now. I, I just finished SteamWorld Dig. Of course, that's only like a three-hour game, if you know what you're doing. three-hour game. And then I started SteamWorld Dig 2, and Chris, yeah. I know you were on a Metroidvania kick last year. You should have played this I one. I did. I did you play SteamWorld Dig 2. I played as soon as it came out, because I love the first one so much, and I finished it. Okay, because, man, that game was good, and it controls a lot better than the first one. Did you finish one. two? No, I'm, I think I'm like, how I want to say, I just got the the hookshot upgrade. Mm, okay. And yeah, I I love the platforming in that, and you know, just wall jumping and climbing and digging and stuff like that. What That's I love really about um, the SteamWorld get, dig games is how they let you grind for upgrades. And it's mm-hmm. just, it just has that right balance of an addictive loop where you're making good enough progress that it's like, I just want to keep getting stronger. And I love it. And so some of the artifacts in SteamWorld Dig 2 have been cracking me up. Like, the uh, you find a book that's called Fifty Shades of Meh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh. That's beautiful. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, it's really funny and charming. I'm gonna definitely play more of that. And then, um, I didn't I didn't put down Trails of Cold Steel because I barely played that this week because I've been so busy. I've boo I've, I've been, boo. Um, oh, like you're one to talk, Anna. No, no, I, I, she I, told us to give her crap about oh, it okay. so that she yeah. continues playing it. 
Well, t- to be fair, I've had like private Japanese lessons, and Ooh. I've been having on that. Private Japanese lessons. Yeah, because he's going me. to Japan. Ah. Yeah. Hus- husband's been tutoring me and giving me homework and all that fun stuff, and I'm trying to stay devoted to ah, that. Uh, private lessons. Uh-huh. <laughs> whoa, I know, whoa. I su Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, I have been playing more Final Fantasy IV Free Enterprise this week. Uh, I have been practicing two-player Free Enterprise with my partner, Dravenheart, which um, it turns out that Peter knows. <laughs> small, small world. Yeah, it was funny. I was streaming. I'm Wait, like... Wait, no. Yeah, seriously. Oh, no. They used to be on a Twitch team together. <laughs> Yeah, I was uh, I was kind of freaking out. I'm like, wait, that the the Dravenheart? The? <laughs> yes, the Dravenheart. Yeah, it was funny. I was playing, and Peter shows up in my in my Twitch chat near the end. I'm like, hey, um, you know, uh, my my partner is not done, so let's go over to her stream. It's Dravenheart, and Peter's like, what? It's Dravenheart? Yeah, it was. Uh... I was not expecting that at all, but it was, it was a nice surprise. It was good to see her again. Yeah. Yeah. So we've been practicing this week. We'll probably practice next week. Um, I haven't played in the tournament in a couple of weeks. Last week I was way too sick to play. Um, and this week it is what is called catalyte seeds. Um, cata short being short for catastrophic. Um, and so I don't particularly enjoy that flag set. So I won't be playing in the tournament this weekend. Um, but I'm tentatively going to play next weekend, which is Edward percent. I keep trying to talk Anna to talk into playing this weekend during the catalyte flag set no. because it's so hard. And I, I love hearing her scream at the game, but she says, no, it makes me sad. Nope. So next week instead, she's going to play in a flag set that it's all Edwards all the time. All Edwards all the time. Which sounds amazing too. Yep. So maybe I'll stream some of that this week. I've streamed it a couple times. I've played it mostly offline because um, I'm, I'm, I'm still kind of learning it. If you find a spoon, it. Edward can equip the spoon and be a spoony bard. And, and he gets a power he's, he's literally a spoony bard. Yep. Um, I've also been playing Dragon Quest Builders this week. Builders. Um, so yeah, I, I think I mentioned this last week, but um, it turns out the best way to actually get me to play a game is to just give it to me. <laughs> so uh, take notes anyone if you really want to play a game she will generously consider doing it if you give it to her <laughs> how nice of her right yeah so uh jason messaged me one night was like you have mail i'm like i do and yeah i opened up my mailbox and surprise dragon quest builders was there um so i'm almost done the third world this is disgusting <laughs> what it's just it... <laughs> Rub it in, right? What? People send you free games. Just rub it in there. And I play them. <laughs> I'll send it back when I'm done. Uh-huh. And I'm just borrowing it. How have you been liking it? It's really fun! All right, so here was the problem that I had when I initially played the game on the PS4. Choice paralysis, like, whoa. Because mm-hmm. Dragon Quest Builders has so many different things to do and so many different materials to gather and I was like, well, I don't know what to do first. And that was really bugging me. And I, it was just, it was driving me crazy. And I, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to resolve that. So, and I think I talked about this last week a little bit too. I found a strategy guide and it's like a platinum speed running guide. So it's not really relevant. Um, but one of the things that it does is. What do you mean relevant? That's like, that's going to let you do all the things. 
Right, but I mean, I'm not, one, I'm not on PS4, and two, I'm not speedrunning. Oh, okay. <clears throat> and so in that case, in that sense, it's not super relevant. Um, it also makes you do all the optional trophies, and I'm not really that interested in doing some of the side stuff because some of it is super tedious. Like, there is a place that you can go and fish where you get a 2% chance to catch a king slime. Oh, you should do mm-hmm. that. That sounds cool. No, that sounds terrible. But then you get to fight a king slime. You get experience, right? Two, no, there's um, no experience in this game. Oh, never mind then. 2% chance of fish them up. Oh, that's See, way better than WoW odds. See, I didn't really spend that much time on that one. Oh, really? I mean, yeah. I I felt like I kind of fished it up almost. I mean, it wasn't like... One, one out of 50. It's not that bad. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Maybe I'm just used to like wow drop rates where it's like 0.01%. Yeah. That's why I'm yeah, saying I, it's like way know. better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Maybe okay. I got really lucky, but <coughs> I, you know, if something like that would have frustrated me, I would have done it. Okay. That's fair. It's cool because the lake is in the shape of a slime. Ah. <laughs> it's very cute. Um, but yeah, I, I'm in the third world. The thing that I like about this guide is when you start a world, because you have to start over every time that you move to a new area, um, it gives you like a list of like the 10 things you want to start with. And mm-hmm. that by itself completely sets me up. So like the first world, I really like closely followed the strategy guide. And then the second world, I mostly checked it when I was stuck or not 100% sure what direction to go in or I had well, missed something. Well, you checked it first to say, here's what you should gather. Yeah, and so then I, from there, I, you just went and did your own thing. Right. So I, I did the list to start the world. And then at one point, I realized that I had missed an ingredient and I didn't know where to get it. So I went back and checked the guide as to when the guide suggested that I collect it. And that gave me the right direction to go in. I missed wheat. It's on a, it's on a hill by a castle that I went to for exactly half a second. So I just must've walked by it or taken a a roundabout route and just missed that particular hill. Cool. But it was necessary for like actual story progression because there was a quest to make a hamburger. You know what I don't like in this game? Hmm? Inventory management. Yeah, Um, that's a pain. Yeah. So you end up getting a colossal coffer. Mm-hmm. which lets you put stuff in it no matter where you are in the world. It helps. And take stuff up, take stuff out and put stuff in. Um, honestly, my complaint, particularly in the... So here, here's the dilemma, dilemma that I have is every world gives you sort of a challenge, a limited resource that you have to um, manage. And in the second world, um, it was time because it felt like th- the nighttime was awful in the second world. Um, in the third world, it's healing items. I am constantly running out of healing items. And it's very frustrating. Um, I'm also really bad at dodging. <laughs> yeah. I'm I just found- bad at Dragon Quest Builders combat, which doesn't help the fact that you are limited in your healing items in the third world. Yeah, it, it's a little bit clunky. What what I ended up doing was just trying to get like a complete posse together when I went out to gather materials and let them soak all the hits. Yeah, so in the third world, you start to be able to form parties. Oh. Yeah, and so um, in the third world, the the sort of kitsch of the, the story is it's all the bodybuilders, it's all the muscle men. All the people with the masks on the Oh, I love... It's all the blacksmith guys with the masks. Yeah, on their yeah, head. yeah, yeah. And then they talk with real, like, thick, like, Cockney English accents without the rhyming. So mm-hmm. I guess it's not really Cockney. Okay. 
down street accents. Alice, help me out here. You're the one that's posh. Am I? <laughs> really? You went, I'm sorry. No one who went to finishing school does not get to say that they're not private, posh. Private school. Private school. There's a Whatever. difference. Whatever. <laughs> and to be brutally honest, given that I did go to private school, my education was largely a mess, and I'm probably a gigantic disappointment to my parents. But, you know. <laughs> Well, you're not a doctor. I thought that was just being British. No! <laughs> Jesus. Shots fired. Damn, Man, Chris. Damn Chris, Chris is, like, throwing the shade this week. <laughs> well, to be fair, I haven't spoken to my dad in, like, five years, but that's for entirely different reasons. Okay. And you still talk to your mom. Oh, yeah, all the time. See, there you go. And you all like right. David's parents. All right. That's also true. Yeah, see? I need to Brexit this conversation, apparently. <laughs> God. Thank Damn you, Power it. Lord. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, Dragon Quest Builders is going really well now that I'm not suffering from choice paralysis. Also, it's very cute to see the bodybuilder guys fall all over the only girl bodybuilder. It's very adorable. So, yeah, I am hoping to finish that game this week because... <clears throat> Um, I forgot that I preordered the Caligula effect overdose and it just showed up. Oops. I do plan on playing it. But the problem is, is that now there's a, a, a new release coming out this week that I really want to play and I've been super excited about on Tough. all the shows that we've you talked about. You have to play it. Caligula <laughs> effect. Yeah, we'll right. get to that later. Yes. So that's what I've been playing. So speaking of uh, uh, Brits that we're going to offend. Hey, Alex, are you still there? Yeah, I am still here. He sounds so depressed. What have you been playing this week? Uh, well, with the release of the like Game of the Year Hub bundle, I got a copy of um, Near Automata. So I think I spent the last couple of weeks basically... Is that the Yorha version? I said it's your version. There's not actually any difference between the version. It's just a bundle containing the game and uh, all the DLC. What does your house stand for, anyways? <sighs> Let's not get into that. Okay. Just tell us about Nier, then. I probably read it, but I forgot and wasn't that interested. But no, I, I really liked it, although I liked it more for the, or the whole story setting thing rather than <laughs> combat. The good thing about uh, combat is it basically has a mode that lets you. That does combat for you well Nier was always a bit of a a kind of weird thing when it came to that like near the original on ps3 was uh was sort of a bit of a mess combat wise and near automata at the very least had a competent developer and behind it um but i think that kind of goes back to drakengard anyway which was a uh a the, like, the incest of... simulator no, I was more thinking just along the lines of the fact that it had that kind of Yoko Taro storyline attached to what is probably be best described as a pretty mediocre game. But but you can fish in there. You can fish in there, yes. <laughs> Therefore, it's a great game, right? Two uh, B actually does get fishing stance as a move in oh, uh, good. DLC in um, <laughs> uh, Soul Calibur Six. Awesome. But no, I mean, I really like the sort of all the presentation and the sort of aesthetic stuff it does. I like how it sort of uses and then also doesn't use color in quite a few 
situations. I like the camera works pretty nifty, especially how it sort of when you're going into like corridor style bits, it just switches into basically side scroller mode. That makes that a bit more interesting than just running down corridors so you get a few jumping puzzles, etc. Music's bit more really artistic good. Than, than your average RPG. Oh, yeah. Yeah, music is glorious. Yeah, no, I really need to get a physical copy of the uh, soundtrack at some point. It's really good. Um, I've been watching yeah. you tweet about this. Tell us about Left Alive. Left Alive is really bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazingly bad. So this is why you sound depressed. So <laughs> no, not really, because I was more entertained by how bad it was because I didn't pay anything for it. So how did they manage to make something worse than that last front mission game they made? This is a well, front mission game? Yeah. Oh, no. The front mission world. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah, it's basically a stealth game where they decided to make all of the enemies tanks, as in they have loads of health, so it's completely impossible to actually do a stealthy kill on anyone in a stealth game. Perfect. Yeah, this is getting, like, unanimous bad reviews. Like, there's nobody who likes this game. There's one person who likes this game in the reviews, and it's... Oh. Not, is it Michael yeah, Apps? That's... It's not that surprising when you see, when you look at their other review scores. <laughs> The uh, the current yeah, steam the current steam review score for it is seventeen percent. Yeah. But yeah. yeah I was, I, even better is like in the thirties. I was bummed out because I I do like the original like tactical front mission games a lot, and uh, when I found out that this was a front mission, you know, rebirth or whatever you want to call it, and uh, how bad it was doing, I was I was kind of disappointed. I mean, supposedly the story's not that bad. It's just the gameplay is absolutely abysmal. <laughs> it's bad. It it doesn't tell you really how to do anything in like the opening mission in the tutorial. You just sort of get thrown in. I mean, it gives you like a, a couple of buttons, but not all of them that that are useful. And yeah, you just learn really on that you're going to have a lot of points where you just get screwed over by something that you either don't see or should happen but doesn't. Yeah. So so I, I mean, I don't, it sounds like I you're mean, fighting I, the interface or it's, it's badly programmed or all of the above or is is it not fun well, and stuff too? I, I don't get it. You sort of you're hoping that it's badly programmed because if these are active design decisions then you have to wonder what on earth their plan was because there's no way that certain things would be used together like the like the enemy health compared to being stealthy it's just there's no way for you to actually so i hear that i hear that decision like the enemies have too much health for a stealth game what are some other examples like things they just did bad I mean, the animations are pretty terrible as well. If you actually see them sliding around or going over cover, they're really weird, especially when you're running, things like that. There are things, the controls are pretty bad. You, you always want to bad. There's also the accuracy of the character you use is abysmal as well. So even if you're 
the enemy sort of have a great advantage of you in that they can hit you while you just have to either wait like three seconds for the actually meter to actually zoom in properly, which would be okay if enemies died when you shot them, but they don't. <laughs> <laughs> so it sounds like it's really hard and not fun. Yeah, that was me playing on the easiest difficulty as well. Oh. <laughs> Delightful. Are are you liking Steins Gate more than Left Alive? Strangely enough, yes. But I adore Steins Gate, so... I mean, it's just going to be more of me saying, saying something like that again. I've noticed a bit more about sort of how all the animation works, so it uses... It's quite happy to heavily reuse animation just when people are talking, so it'll just reuse a bit of them talking, sort of have it limited animation, so you're not too... So you can actually focus on the story and what they're saying more than just watching an anime. But no, it's really fun. I think I'm in the fourth chapter so i think i'm at the bit where stuff in terms of time travel sort of starts really moving along and then crazy stuff's about to happen which i know because i've obviously played it at least twice before <laughs> you really like that game <laughs> i do really like that game <laughs> all right have you been liking the games you've been playing pascal oh um <laughs> surprise well, <laughs> you're up i think you're gonna get two answers to if that. i <laughs> if I um, sound fatigued or unhappy, it's absolutely because of the game I've been playing. Oh no, have you been playing Witch in the Hundred Night Two again? <laughs> no, oh, that wasn't no. me the first time. Either. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, I just that heard Peter just cry <laughs> quietly in the background. <laughs> I'm like, that's okay, the guys, only time I've heard despair like that in someone's voice was Witch in the Hundred Night just related. Text me when you're done. <laughs> <laughs> no, Peter, don't go. We promise not to talk about raping mice. I'm like, you don't see me right now, but I'm, I'm, you know, covering Clawing over my eyes. knees and rocking back and forth. And... <laughs> All right, now Sorry, that we've Pascal. scarred Peter, Pascal, please tell us what you've been playing. <laughs> well, what I, I am very happy to report, though, that I actually am done playing um eternity the last unicorn i just oh. finished it right before the cast oh. so i was interested in the concept of this game and then whenever i looked at it i said this looks really bad how did it turn out <clears throat> um, um 3.5 out of 10 6 out of yeah. 10 5.5 out of 10 um yeah no this is getting really bad <laughs> reviews what do you think pascal I mean, I mean that's that better than the Left Alive reviews. Yeah, yeah. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't use words like absolutely abysmal to describe it or anything. But it isn't <laughs> fun, you know. So I think Chris, maybe we we, we need to have a, a discussion on your earlier point of um, it's really hard to make a good RPG. And you know, you were given like examples of gameplay and story. And I don't want to claim that I can make a good game, but I I don't think it's that hard to take the game you have made and um, you know, judge whether the elements in it are fun or whether they even work at all. And I, and that just isn't really the case with um, Eternity. So, I mean, the, the best way I could describe it is kind of a mix of... My, my, my first impression was, wow, this is um, basically Dark Souls mixed with Resident Evil, of all things. What in the because world? It, ha <laughs> it has, um, at least at first, it, the, the combat is kind of... I think 
So does that mean you have swords with limited ammo? No, uh, not nothing like that. So, okay. Would um, you like me to throw something at well, you? Well, that's what I hear when I hear Dark well, Souls with you, Resident Evil. Ring, Tank controls ring. plus swords plus limited ammo plus can't save everywhere. <laughs> So not tank controls, but hold on. So I'll get to the Resident Evil comparison because it's it's the other one that's maybe more important. So you have a um, you have a, a a light attack, a heavy attack, a dodge. Um, the only thing you don't have um, is block. So that's like the one difference combat wise from from Dark Souls. So it it looks like it was maybe inspired by it, but it isn't executed smoothly or. Uh, fun or in a way that gives you very accurate um, control over combat. So it's missing any entertainment value, I think, as far as combat. It's, it's really grindy. Um, and there's many other things I'll, I'll, I'll mention about the game when I do the full review. The, uh, the Resident Evil comparison comes from the fact that it has fixed camera angles. So the controls are... Um, thankfully not tank controls, but I wonder if maybe, just maybe tank controls would have even been, would have, would have given it, um, like a, an easier, um, or more accurate, like control over your character because of, um, one thing that's easy to forget is the way when fixed camera angles switch perspective, your, your movement kind of gets, um, messed up. If you were traveling, you know, away from the screen, suddenly you're moving towards the screen and it, in certain scenes, it switches back and forth. It does a 180-degree turn multiple times in quick succession, so it really kind of can throw you off. And that's, I mean, that's not, I know that's not anything than more than just annoying most of the time. It's an annoyance. But in boss battles, it becomes a, a kind of a, a big deal. So especially if you're, um, if you're fighting a boss and you can't see the boss because the fixed camera angle um, has it to where you're on the screen, but the boss has now moved off the screen, and there's nothing you can do to bring the the boss back into into view. So you're depending on dodging an attack that he's throwing at you that you don't see coming until it hits you. Oh, do, that's oh not, joy! That's not good. You know, that's um. I understand. That's kind of like it's it's one of the the necessary evils that comes with fixed camera angles, but it should have been very apparent when designing this, that, that that is not a a great choice for a boss battle. So that's that's where I was going with that point. Um, but, uh, yeah, so it takes quite a while to to really become, a, I guess, what, what I would call good at, at, at the combat. Um, so it was, there was a good level of challenge at first, and eventually you just play enough and grind enough to where your levels take care of most of the... Um, most of the difficulty that comes from it. And then we get to the the point where it's just not fun. Even when you have, when your stats are high enough to <laughs> run. And oh, that's that pretty much him. how I felt about it right there. <laughs> Sorry. Painful sneeze out of 10. We're just painful. Um, but there's so much um, backtracking and just repetitive gameplay involved. And it's maybe, maybe a 15 hour game. Um, I'm pretty sure it's less than 20 hours, but I, I'm not 100% sure how much because it just feels so much longer than what it probably really was. Um, so best guess, 15. And there's about, I think, 10 areas or so in the game. And you're uh, constantly repeating every single area because they're mostly linear. Um, some areas split off into two different uh, 
areas. Um, so, but there is no fast travel from one end of the map to the other. If you want to get to a, a point or an enemy or an item that's in a um, in a certain area, you have to battle through every single area to get there, <sighs> and then back again. Um, and enemies respawn every time you leave and enter and re-enter an area. Can so you you're just doing the skip past the enemies and ignore them, or no? Um, well, that is possible sometimes if if the corridor is not too narrow to where you can actually get past them. But I found that there were uh, cases where some of the some of the enemies that cast magic at you um, actually can still target you even after you've left the area if you didn't kill them. Oh. So I have tried running past some um, some of the casters, and as I'm in the next area trying to battle whatever was there, I'm still getting, <laughs> getting hit by. By yeah, by fire oh spells from air, enemies from the previous area. So that's not always a, a great idea. Um, I I want to read you this review quote, Pascal. Okay. Eternity: The Last Unicorn is a less than magical mix of misplaced PS One nostalgia and shallow Dark Souls mimicry. Nearly mm. everything about the game it, uh, is broken or irritating in some way. If challenge is what you're looking for in a game, perhaps Eternity the Last Unicorn is for you. Everyone else will likely find it as fun as a sharpened horn to the eye. <laughs> you never even and get to be a unicorn in this game. Come on. There's barely even unicorn in the game. <laughs> well, there's only one left, right? So there should be. Yes, but, but it's not like it doesn't have a, um, a central point in the narrative or anything like that. It's, it's just really, a cool title. Some of it's very, it's very perplexing. I was going to say, when I saw the title on the eShop, I was like, wait, did they make a video game out of that last unicorn yeah. movie yeah. from the 80s? <laughs> I, uh, so I just finished it, so I don't have you know all of my thoughts in order on it yet. But um, I know I'm not highly entertained. <laughs> I can see what, what they were going for, I think. But you I wouldn't don't... call it utterly abysmal. Not utterly abysmal. Okay, good. So that's our box quote. Thanks, Josh. <laughs> Wouldn't call it utterly abysmal. Yeah. I've had um, I've had more fun playing a few other things. Um, oh, I, please I finally get into. But this is over the course of a couple of weeks. I've been playing some um, four twenty eight Shibuya Scramble. Yay! That's really good, isn't it? Yes. Um, <laughs> that's that's a really fun game as a, a palate cleanser just to, to kind of play a little bit of each night or even an hour or two on the weekend or whatever. Um, so it's kind of hard to talk about it without getting into the story, but that moment of starting chapter two after the, a pretty straightforward chapter one and um, chapter two gives you, it goes from two characters to five characters. And that moment of, if you're going in blind, if you don't know this is coming the moment of knowing that you can that you're about to play a person dressed in a um, in a life size cat mascot suit is pretty glorious. <laughs> I mean, that was what that's that's really amazing. And now you've and ruined really, it for all of us. Thanks, Pascal. <laughs> um, and then I really love some of the um, the tonal shifts in that game, but unlike some other games, they're absolutely um, uh, purposely done to where sometimes it's it's silly slapstick and then in but then you switch to a, a different character and if you made the right choice you're you're walking right into like a brutal massacre where everybody gets killed in in 
in graphic ways. Yeah, yeah, I think you told me you were liking the buddy cop part of it, the uh, the the cop character you play, his uh, partner. I, I I really don't remember what I mentioned to you, but there was um I must have his, his costume in the uh, subway where he's dressed up as an anime nerd. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm quite a bit past that point already. There was a scene later on in a in a later chapter where um, where it's one of the the game over screens where you just walk into this massacre. And then you get oh yeah, yeah yeah that's what I mean so it's 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 really crazy how some of um well some of the tonal shifts or the way that they just jump from one thing to the other or there's a um with the aforementioned cat character that's there's a, a martial arts street fight that you get to control against uh, an mm an MMA fighter I don't know if you recall that or not yeah vaguely it's been a few months yeah take part in. so. But like I said, it's hard to it's hard to really mention it without going into super specifics. Um, and then I played another game and I finished it over the course of I think two days called Tacoma. And I, I kind of got um, interested in it. I was talking about Soma recently or like a few episodes ago. And this is um, this was a game that like to me seemed like it was kind of related to to that. Um, it's it's from the makers of Gone Home, which a lot of people do know. Yeah, this is the one you're wandering around a space station, right? Or yes. Am I, yeah. Yeah. But um, unlike Soma, this is not meant to be scary or a thriller at all. This one's just purely talk um, to story fuzzy or... holograms of space of astronauts. Yeah, you, you have kind of a, um, an augmented reality system to where, as you walk around the space station, which is abandoned, and basically you've been sent in uh, more or less to to find out what happened. You're, you've been sent in to recover the space station's AI, but as you, as you download the different, um, uh, the AI from the different like AI nodes or whatever, you, your augmented reality system um, downloads like the ship's recording of the crew that was there just like days before and kind of uh, what happened to them. So you, do you have like features that you, where you can fast forward and, pause and rewind uh, the, the the various recordings that you stumble across to kind of piece together the narrative. So in that way, with the um, with putting together the narrative, it's kind of, very, it's very similar to Gone Home. Um, it's not not scary at all, kind of pretty interesting, and it was a lot of fun to to get through. Like, like I said, I, I literally completed it after the second day. I mean, it's not a long game, but... I wanted to keep playing. This was it was hard to put it down. Cool. All right. Now we got to get newbie Peter in. Peter, what have you been playing? Because you've been playing some stuff with Chris. Woo. I have. I have. Um, I actually wasn't going to go into too much detail uh, just because um, Chris has talked about Diablo quite a bit. And yeah. Smash, there's not a whole lot to talk about. Um, I just, uh, the only reason I mentioned them is because I feel like in both games, I'm at this place now where it's like I've kind of plateaued on both and given that I don't have a, a crap ton of time to play them uh, I don't know that I'll actually get any better <laughs> um, yeah I mean Diablo 3 is like a very grindy end game want to get past where you are so that's yeah yeah that's yeah, not gonna yeah. happen probably and smash I can't speak to you you know more about what the skill ceiling is there so 
Yeah. So with Diablo, it's it's the you know farming for your primals in order to get there, and you know the hammered bin is is what I've been running, and it's been fine, um, but it's certainly not the the DPS that you'd find off of like a what are they the demon hunters? Yeah. Um, or the necro or or what have you. So. Um, and then for Smash, uh, I feel like I'm a, a decent player as it stands, but um, there are some fundamentals. I've seen some, you know, I, I open up arenas every weekend and I get a host of people who are much better than me. And one of the things I've noticed is that everybody is so good at fighting for like, you know, minutes at a time off the stage. Like they won't ever touch the platform and they're just out there fighting and mm. then somehow can recover back and it's magic. And I'm busy being spiked into the ground. So um whatever that Well it's obviously because they're dirty B button scammers and you should ban them. So <laughs> that's that's spammers. Different. I said scammers, sorry. <laughs> it's both. It is both. Um but the the one I, I do want to talk about is Skyward Sword, um, which is one of the few Zelda games that I own that I I I intentionally did not play. That's like um, the really long one for the Wii U. So Wii Wii Excuse Wii. me. I'm sorry. Yeah, it is it is Waggle. proving to be quite long. I mean, I'm 20 hours in, and I think I've only beaten that gets you through the, the tutorial. Oh, okay. No, no, that tutorial <laughs> was very long though. Um, but one of the reasons why I dropped it, and I talk about this, and and uh, Josh, are you talking about your your feature? Are we're, we... we're, co- we're working on it. It's coming. We got a new yeah. feature that's coming. Okay, sorry, I, I didn't. It's fine. If I spilled the beans, I apologize. Uh, <laughs> but I, I talk about this a little bit in that. And, uh, you know, the, the controls are awful. Um, oh, the, good. You think so, too. <laughs> yes. Yeah. The idea of, of making Link's swordplay um, fully movable with your Wiimote sounds like a good idea on paper um, and as executed just as badly as it was in the E3 demo back when it was... Uh, pre-release oh that was wi-fi interference what do you mean yeah right exactly i'm sure it was um we motion plus or not the the controls are awful um they often find themselves being desynced and because of its reliance on that the motion sensor bar um i can't play you know just lounging around like i want to um i have to be you know front facing and uh you know looking directly at the tv and directly for the yeah, it's like, and for the things that require you to to hold the Wiimote down, uh, if you're laying uh, or you know lounging around on a couch or something, um, that's near impossible without breaking your wrist. Um, <laughs> so uh, I, I decided uh, to drop it then, and I picked it back up, and I'm glad I did because the story is actually really good. Um, it's been uh, really cool seeing the the new take on Link and Zelda, and they're more fun. Do you like your less... talking sword? Who likes to uh, ice skate? You know, Fi's okay. Um, she's less annoying than Navi, so, uh, you know. Navi? I haven't heard it pronounced like that before. All right. Well, I assumed it was a portion of navigation, yeah. so Navi? I, I don't know. Um, but, you know, when you get to a Zelda game that requires you to spend more than, you know, 15 seconds fighting a Deku Baba... Um, something's wrong something is is inherently wrong with the game um and yeah i mean that's that's kind of where it's at but i'm i'm slowly trekking through and you know um 
I've used at least four AA batteries in my Wiimote ah! now at this point. So. You're measuring playtime by AA battery. I exactly. love it. <laughs> I, I, I would like to point out that it is very, uh, it kind of pulls you out of the element whenever your Wii batteries are, uh, your Wiimote batteries are low and Phi is, you know, pinging you and, and you, you know, press her and you're like, oh, is there something new about this area? And she's like, Hey master, I just wanted to let you know your Wii batteries are getting kind of low, and you you may want to replace them soon. And I'm like, oh, well, that's, that's... kind of cool and kind of weird. <laughs> yeah, that is very strange. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, like I said, I'm glad I'm I'm going through it just because I feel remiss as a Zelda fan to not. Um, but it's it's been it's proven to be quite a challenge. Is it worth playing through despite the? bad controls because i've had this sitting on my pile of shame for eons and i've heard so many mixed things about it it's like yes it's it's fun you get you get used to you get a big burb yeah yeah have you played um breath of the wild yes okay so if you um if you're like me you enjoy seeing kind of where games have come from uh Mm -hmm. you can see a lot of the start of the elements of breath of the wild um the sort of kind of free roaming ish aspects are there. Uh, the stamina bar is there. Um, a lot of the those kind of like core fundamentals are starting to show through. So if you enjoy that stuff and really want to know the beginnings, uh, because I believe in the timeline this kind of falls uh, it's first. Super in, the in beginning, lot. yeah, yeah. Um, that's all worth it. Um, the controls. They're bad. Uh, there's no getting around it, and it, it makes it kind of unfortunate because you're we're not going to see this ported. I don't know how they could possibly port that scheme over and still make it w- what it was. Um, but so in, in that regard, I would say yes, uh, because you're probably not going to get to play it anywhere else. Okay. Because I always wanted to see where the series was going to go after Twilight Princess, which which is my favorite 3D Zelda game. Twilight Princess was good. Uh, yeah. Even even if you played that on the Wii, um, I would have preferred having you know just the waggle of the Wiimote to swing your sword as opposed to this fully fledged like 3D motion. Also, it's really awkward uh, because Link does not recognize when you're not you know, swinging your sword. So mm-hmm. you can actually have him running around with his sword in a very awkward angle the entire time. Um, <laughs> so I just intentionally run with my sword held really high in the air because he looks like he's charging into battle. <laughs> so I, I found ways to make it amusing despite the terrible controls. Um, See, I learned last year that motion controls and cats don't mix because usually when I when I sit on the couch to play video games, I've got like two or three cats in my lap. Well, you just balance and... the Wiimote on top of their head is what you do and use them as a fulcrum. Oh, uh, they were like they were getting annoyed at that Pokeball Plus <laughs> accessory. Oh yes, that I wasn't settling or you know pretending to throw something. Hmm. And there's yeah. a couple of times I accidentally clunked one on the head. <laughs> my, my cat's like. Did the, you catch uh, them? The <laughs> no. I'm, I'm I'm guessing no, Chris. Oh, okay. I think they were more annoyed than mm. than captured. So, Peter, are you playing it with uh, one of the ones that had the Wii Motion Plus built in, or is it the adapter? 
No, I I did have an adapter on a on a different controller, but whenever I bought Zelda, it actually came bundled with a gold. Oh, you, know, you got the Triforce gold one. Yeah, yeah. yeah so I always kind of wondered if that was part of the problem with my syncing issues, because that's my memory of playing it. Like every five minutes, it would just lose sync, and I'd have to re you know resync the controller. It was a real pain. Oh, that's just a very terrible Nintendo accessory. <laughs> Sorry, Nintendo. Oh well, poor Nintendo. Yeah. For that game, because yeah, it was a it was a fun game, but the controls just like that they did me in after like 20 hours. I'm being yeah. told that if you wanted to go into the world of emulation, that there are mods for the emulator that help fix the game. But I don't know any details. So maybe one day I'll play with that, see if that's a real thing. You've been playing a new game this week, Chris. Me? Yeah. Me? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I picked up your copy of Etrian Odyssey Nexus and said, I feel like I've kind of can't put my head into Diablo 3 anymore because it's just too samey at this point because I've kind of exhausted everything there is to do and I feel fed up with that. But I need something kind of low-key and plotting and grindy. And I'm like, oh, there's an Etrian game on the counter over here. Hmm. And I pop that in and it's like, ah, I get to make some characters. I get to walk around a dungeon. And I get to level up skills. And I get to, to strategically think about item use. This is just the thing. And it's been very good at putting me to sleep. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I think that's a really good Atrian game. And I'm playing it on Heroic. So I have died once so far um, after having some poison. Like, this game is mean, Anna. Mm-hmm. I walked yeah. under a leaf and it dropped poison on me and I had to take all the armor off my guys and then put me in a fight. And the only person who survived is my farmer and I couldn't make it out of the maze <laughs> alive. Did you not have a thread? Uh, this was before they gave you threads. You have to beat the first oh. boss to get a thread. Oh. Yeah. Are, Are they permadeath I... games? No. Oh. No, no. What are you complaining about? Uh, no. um, I l- had to go back to the save point, and I lo- I lost all my progress. What do you mean? I'm just kidding. It's like there's no autosave or anything like that. So, um, no. so I had to reload and do all that progress again, which is fine. It's totally fine. I knew that I was getting into that when I chose Heroic to be on a, like a, a real difficulty and choose to explore everything when I know that there are things that they screw you over with intentionally in that game. Um, but uh, I just I was amused at how how mean it really was and it was amazing so uh anyway yeah as usual really good music uh the graphical style is top notch everything's voiced but it's all in japanese i don't remember the last one i played Etrian odyssey 4 being all voiced like this um so that's cool it seems like it has like a plot line and stuff but i'm pretty early on so i don't know how good it is um, i'm sure you've talked about it um it's a very good story, but it also kind of ends abruptly. Oh, does it? Unless okay. you do post-game. Well, I would totally do post-game, because what's the point? Actually, I don't even know. Um, I'm just having fun playing this game. That was the thing. I went into this like, I'm not going to care about the story. I'm just going to care about having fun. I'm not going to do the thing where I normally take... I'm trying... So I've been dealing with anxiety a lot over the past year, and one of the therapy things is like, just freaking calm down and focus on where you are. And so like, I'm taking those strategies and applying it to this game, 
and I'm not putting the game into hyper fast mode. I'm not holding down the A button to speed up all the battles. I'm just focusing on the battle I'm in and enjoying the battle system as it is where I am with it and not caring about, am I going to finish this game? And I got to get everyone leveled up to 99. So all the battles are easy. Like all that stuff I usually get obsessed with. I'm like, forget that. Just enjoy the game where you are and enjoy the fun it throws at you and enjoy each encounter as its own thing. And if you get bored of playing, stop playing and stop caring. And it's a totally different approach than I usually take the games. And I've been trying it out here and it's been cool, but it does mean that the game is more of a, Oh, I play it for a while. Now I feel sleepy. I'm going to go to sleep, which has also been good because I've been having trouble getting to sleep lately. So <laughs> it's, it's just a weird experience for me. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'll just concur that this is a really good Etrian Odyssey game and leave it at that, I guess. <laughs> See, that's why I play these in picnic mode, because I can enjoy the story and uh, exploring the dungeons without necessarily having to worry about losing all my progress. And there's there's something to be said about punching foes in the face. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I, I totally see both ways being valid. It's just, what do you want to get out of it this time? And this time I was like... Yeah, I don't want, like, the easy, like, I don't have any accomplishment thing. Like, I actually do want to strategize. That was the thing I was going for, so I, mm-hmm. I cranked the battle difficulty up for that reason. And, oh, by the way, this thing has a weird thing. Um, if you put it on Picnic or Story or whatever, you can't make the difficulty any higher. And if you put the difficulty on Heroic, um, you can make it lower, but then you can't put it back up to Heroic. So, and all heroic is, is expert difficulty. It's not actually any tougher. It's just a way of saying, hey, if you finish on heroic, that means you never set the difficulty down while you played through. And, and it's just kind of weird. Um, but I thought that was interesting. So they have some weird systems in this one. Um, See, I, I think it really should be sliding any way around that way. If you hit a wall, you can still continue, but then can continue to, I guess, go up against the walls. Well, I mean, you can, and you can put it back up to Expert after going down from Heroic, and it will be just as hard as it was before. It just means that now you you did not do the whole thing on Heroic. So I thought that was an interesting workaround. Like, if you really need to turn it down, you can. Um, But, like, we have a little system in here that, like, will indicate whether or not you had to turn it down at some point. I I see. Um, Yeah, so that's been good so far. Go ahead. What? What's your party? Um, oh, 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 right, right. So uh, I was looking for, like, I'm putting, you know, people I know in my party. So Anna Marie is my uh, hero, and I took the shortest model yeah! to have. And I gave her the most annoying, spunky voice that I could give her. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's great. <laughs> did, you, so she's... did you make me your B-spammer? Oh. <laughs> Are you in it? I forget. I, <laughs> I forget who's. Okay. I don't. Um, no, I used a coworker from work. So I'm the farmer because I always tell Anna to make me a farmer when she plays these games and she never does. So I said, screw it. I'll make myself the farmer. And so I'm a farmer in the back row. Um, and I got a shotgun, which I had no idea that I was going to be able to get access to shotguns as a farmer. I'm like, Oh, I can actually do something. That's nice. Um, I have a coworker who is a, uh, what's it called? The samurai warlord thing. I think Ronan. No, not Ronan. Um, Whatever. He can use two katanas uh, if he needs to. and do Shogun? Some... Shogun, thank you. That's the one. Yeah, so he's a shogun. Uh, so I have hero, shogun, farmer, survivalist, which does lots of cool arrow attacks, and uh-huh. then um, medic. So I have a support-heavy party 
because I like passive skills and like out of combat benefits a lot. And I was like, I'm going to give this a shot, but I recognize that since I'm on a high difficulty, this might be a stupid setup because I have a lot of support. And so my damage dealing is suffering because of it. Um, but so far it's really cool. Cause like all the things that that backline has, everything has like lots of cool out of combat between combat benefits. And I love it because my farmer can be like, Hey, here's all the treasure chests and stuff. Go find those. And it's like, Oh, cool. It's like cheating without cheating. Um, yeah. So, Oh, it's neat. So that's my um, party. Like, what does it sound dumb? <laughs> no, like later on, you actually get an accessory that shows like where hidden things are on the map. Ah, okay. Uh, so I don't know if that'll be handy like later on. Oh, those kind of skills here won't be handy later on, but I think you could also respec. Um, Dude, I know there's respecking in that you can like knock them down a couple levels and get some points back, but I don't know if you get to choose which points you get back. No, you knock them down two levels and you get all points back. Oh, oh, that's easy then. That's totally so, fine. Yeah, if you really screw up a build, you can always respect. Oh, my you builds just... are terrible right now because I'm just trying everything out. So. Well, and you can also retire your characters at some point. They go back to level 30. Mm-hmm. And not only do you get all the points back, but you actually get bonus points as well. Ooh. Yeah, and I might need to do that for for this difficulty yeah and assuming i mean i stick with the game so. what i just what i was doing is i was retiring people and making the new character the exact same name and appearance <laughs> yeah and you also um get subclassing like very late in the game for various yeah like things. dungeon nine and w- when you um get subclassing like when you do a point reset you can change your subclass to whatever you want so the subclass isn't set in stone so I have I have a couple questions for you. Uh, number one, did you guys buy all the extra portraits? <laughs> uh, no, yeah, I downloaded it. The, like, it all was the free, free ones. Yeah, there's only one set of free portraits for me, but um, maybe it's because I missed a window where they were giving them away or something. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I think it was the two weeks after the game came out. All right, so I have the one set of free portraits, and that's it for me. Um, and I'm kind of sad because there's lots of other portraits there, but I ain't gonna spend money on them for a freaking JPEG. Uh, uh, one note though, if they had put up JPEG dog, I would totally spend the money on JPEG dog. So I will, I will specify that. Um, and the other question I have is what's up with all the, the QR codes in this one? Like I remember in the Etrian Odyssey four, there was a bunch of QR codes that people were collecting. If you scan them in your game, you got items or um, unlocked le- treasure so locations. So the, how's it working? The this deal one? with this one is, is while you are exploring the dungeons, you will run across um, other guilds okay and they give you one by default it's kincaid of the swords guild and if that's the only qr code you have scanned you will always meet kincaid of the swords guild if you have other qr codes scanned you will randomly meet one of your scanned qr codes and do what it's just Fight an interaction them? with them oh it varies from spot to spot what happens. I kind of almost like not scanning them in then and just having like this rivalry with another guild. <laughs> with blades. Yeah. Um, and the other thing it does is there's um, like a half class that you can unlock called Vampire. Yeah. And if you scan a QR code of someone who has Vampire unlocked, you can unlock Vampire. Oh, you just get it? Yeah. You don't just get it. It's a oh. quest. I hear that it's a lot easier that... Going on heroic mode makes it much more likely that I will unlock vampire naturally, whatever that means. But I don't know what they were talking about. Cause... Um, 
I, I don't know if it means that I'll there's, probably be doing stuff anyway that I would be a lot of skip. questions about how to unlock vampire and the answer maybe there are multiple ways of doing it okay I don't even know that I want a vampire but yeah it's like okay <laughs> also the one thing I would do if I were you Chris yeah. is if you're interested in other classes um, go ahead and roll up just like one of each character because later um, you get a thing called I think it's a memory conch that lets you um, have or lets you give EXP oh yeah I already have that memory. yeah they already yeah. gave me that yeah, so that way, like, if a build isn't working, you can easily just swap to another character, and oh. they won't be too far behind. Okay. Hmm. All right. I should do that then. I I didn't need to use utilize that um, though. Another thing that I did was I kept like a couple of farmers like on pa passive, so that if I needed to go grind up money, then I could just have an entire party of farmers and run into the dungeon with my uh, survival. You literally had gold farmers. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Oh, I'm doing. Yeah, because you basically run in, um, turn off, rent or use the survivalist ability to do uh, or to produce random encounters and the survivalist has the extra bag space and i would just run in ha have the extra farmers go do p uh, pick points and then use a thread to go out but that was at the beginning of the game and i was also playing on picnic so um money wasn't that much of an issue later sure. but it might be an issue for you yeah i don't know and also the risk is unless i can totally keep those encounters off um getting into a fight with a bunch of farmers is not the best thing yeah it's um, better I, than with a bunch of medics kind of except yeah well, you just <laughs> you do it in like a little bit lower level dungeons oh wait but the farmers can flee so things go real bad yeah 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 I mean, you, you'll have to play around with it. Yeah. It's just a struggle. Well, and that's the whole because, point, is just to play around with it and have fun. So, yeah. yeah. And, I mean, it was. I think I think it was Etrian Odyssey 3 that brought in farmers and uh, the Sovereign class, which were really good for, like, um, just having specific gathering parties. Can I so. just say there's way too many classes in this game? I don't even know oh, what yeah. to use. There's it's just too paralysis. many. Yeah. All right. There's a, a lot of them. Anna. Yep. I think we're done. It's time for the news. All right. So um, as we mentioned the podcast last week, NIS America had a um, uh, press showcase um, where they talked about some of their upcoming titles. So they opened up with Legend of Heroes, Trails of Cold Steel 3. Um, nothing new there. Just a little interview from one of the developers, um, still on track for PlayStation 4 in 2019. Um, then there were two interviews for upcoming games that we already knew were coming here. Um, so the Princess Guide, um, which is an action RPG kind of in the vein of punny, penny punching princess. Um, hits Nintendo Switch and PlayStation 4, uh, March 26th in North America. And then Lapis Cross Labyrinth, um, which is like a World of Final Fantasy stacker, but like with Odin Sphere Vanillaware style artwork. Um, that's coming to Nintendo Switch and PlayStation 4 on May 28th in North America. Um, they showed off the launch trailer of the Caligula Effect Overdose, um, which is out now. 
And then they announced three new games. Um, the first one was the game that was already announced for them, which was the Alliance Alive HD remaster. Um, they did confirm to me um, that the translation is um, the Atlas translation plus their own translation of new content. Okay. So that was really interesting to, to see. Somehow they finagled that. Well, I mean, NIS and Atlas used to have a really close relationship, and then Sega came along, and they kind of stopped being besties. Mm. Because for a long time, when you went to E3, Nisa didn't have its own booth. Yeah, they, they were, were in the Atlas booth yeah. and in their meeting and, rooms. And, and then Atlas Nisa used, used to, to publish all their stuff in Atlas Europe. used to distribute yep. all of their stuff. Yeah. The Alliance of Life got a lot of love on our Game of the Year podcast. Yeah, no. That, uh, Isn't so, that the one you didn't like, Hannah? It's the one that I'm met about because I tried the the, the first le- game. Yeah, so there's Legend of Legacy. So these mm-hmm. are all saga style games. Little big S, little A, big G, little A. Um, and so I tried Legend of Legacy and I hated it. Um, and the Alliance Alive is sort of the spiritual successor to that, where they basically took everybody's complaints about the about Legend of Legacy and made it better. But the problem is, is I never wanted to gamble on the fact that I was actually going to like Alliance Alive, and I've never seen it cheap enough that I'm willing to take that chance. Now, the Alliance Alive HD is supposed to have um, more gameplay tweaks and quality of life changes, so we'll see how that goes. I mean, people already like the first one, Anna. Why don't you just play it on your 3DS? I am cheap. Okay. If if I was her, I not would wait for people. the HD. Oh, not Pascal. Yeah, right. Pascal didn't like it. He right. felt like it got very draggy at the end. So Alliance Live HD Remastered is hitting PC, Nintendo Switch, and PlayStation 4 in fall 2019. Mm. Um, they also um, showed off the RPG Maker MV development suite. So this is a game um, that was originally announced for a Switch, PS4, and Xbox One in 2019. Um, Katakawa Games announced like hours before this press conference that the Xbox One version has been canceled worldwide. Um, the second of the new announcements was um, Udo... Udo Alex, Ramono. Alex. No, I think Chris was close. Underwater Ray Romano. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> no prelude to the fallen so this is a playstation 4 and vita game that is launching in 2020 a vita game in 2020 a vita it game lives. in 2020 they have been very clear this is not getting a physical release on vita so the idea is is um there there was two games that atlas put out um Last year, uh, Mask of Deception and Mask of Truth. Those were two and three out of this particular trilogy. Now, Nisa is bringing Prelude to the Fallen, which is the first game in that trilogy. You can absolutely play one, two, and... Th- so, you can play the play the games one, two, three, or you can play the games two, three, one. It's, it's actually yes. built to be played either way. But how can that be if it was already created before two and three um because this is a remaster okay yeah uh yeah it's a remake that yeah was released in japan i think last year so yeah it came after or the remake came after 
Yeah. So the first Uderuru remake of a remake because the first one was the one that Aquaplus put out on PC, and then they did the console version with uh, Sting with very minor tweaks. Yeah, Sting wasn't involved in the original. I don't think. Yep. So yeah, uh, Vita game in 2020. All right, third new announcement, um, which is like not an not really a surprise announcement, is um, NIS in Japan put out a game called Destiny Connect, um, like this week I think, and yeah, then yesterday. yeah, yeah, yesterday, and so uh, NIS America obviously announced Destiny Connect, the TikTok Travelers. Uh, this is a Nintendo Switch and PlayStation Four game uh, arriving in fall 2019. Um, and the idea is, is there's a boy and a girl and a robot. Um, and like at 11.59 p.m., December 31st, 1999, the t- time stops in the town of Clockney. A little on the nose, don't you think? <laughs> um, so, yeah, they, uh, they, they need to figure out why their town is stuck in time. And uh, there, there's time travel. A lot of people seem to be comparing this to Chrono Trigger, and I'm not 100% sure why. Because the combat because the is ro- nothing like Chrono yeah. Trigger. The, the robot looks very much like a robo. Oh, okay. I like the, the characters I... because they're totally claymation. It's kind of cool. If I, Before I saw the screenshots, when I... Uh, read about the robot who can who can serve as a medic. I immediately thought of Battle Chasers, which is nothing at all like what this is. So it looks <laughs> it looks cute. It looks fun. See, yeah. I kept hearing the name and thinking that it was like some sort of Destiny side app for that game and not an actual. <laughs> that, that is what I kept thinking when I would. I think that's why it. they added the subtitle to it because it's just Destiny Connect in Japan, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it's Destiny Connect TikTok Travelers in North America and Europe. So if any of these sound interesting, there are collector's editions for the Alliance Live HD Remastered, as well as Uderururu, Prelude to the Fallen, as well as uh, Destiny Connect TikTok Travelers on the NISA website. So go H- check those out. Have they the regular price for those? Because the uh, collector's editions for... Um... Alliance Alive and Destiny Connect are only 65 bucks. So I'm guessing the regular price will be like $50 games? Yeah, or? so I'm not sure. There are times where they put out these, and I, pardon me while I squinch as I say that, out these less expensive collector's editions, these budget collector's editions at 65 yeah. as opposed to like um, 79 or 99 and they don't do a regular edition. Yeah. Or they That's do fine. it um, via... Um, um, a distributor and the distributor gets it in whatever stores they can. Mm-hmm. This is why you see games that show up on like Play Asia and, and VGP, but not in like Amazon and, and brick and mortar stores. Yeah. All right. So much Nisa news. And speaking of Nisa news, um, they announced the collector's edition for Atelier Lulua. Um, so it's a hundred dollars gets you a game, the game on PS4 switch, 
hardcover outbook, soundtrack selection CD, cloth poster, acrylic keychains, and the collector's boxes keep all the shiny shinies in. And uh, we've talked about this a lot, but just in case you forget, uh, May 21st in North America, European release on May 24th. Oporencia, The Stolen Sun, has a release date. Um, it is launching March 29th, 2019 on PC exclusively via the Epic Game Store as well as on Xbox One. If you've never heard of Operencia, because I hadn't until today, it's a fantasy world inspired by Central European folklore and uh, has legendary versions of real people like King Attila and the Seven Chieftains of the Magyar. Um, there's a new story trailer available for the game. And uh, so check it out if that sounds like your kind of game. It is a dungeon crawler. Uh, okay, forgive me real quick. I'm amused that this Destiny Connect Collector's Edition comes with pogs and a slammer. Yeah, it comes, it com- comes with, air quote, cogs. Yeah, but They're pogs. probably because they couldn't use pogs. Yes, because like, pogs how, is a how popular term. I forgot that was a thing. <laughs> It's so many oh, yeah. of those as a it's, kid. It's supposed to be like feel like a 90s Super Famicom game. <laughs> so, yeah. Also probably why it's being compared to Chrono Trigger as well. Yeah. Um, is it you... out yet or is it not out yet? No, Destiny Connect is like way later. Way later? Way later. It's out in Japan. It's out in Japan. It came out in PS4 in fall 2018, according to this. Mm. Somebody wrote a bad summary. Yes. (laughs) All right. (laughs) It came out like literally yesterday. It says 2019, 2018 in the the show notes. (laughs) All right. So back to operants. Yes. Seven. Seven Um, next? If you are playing the isometric open world RPG, seven, the day is long gone. Is that like the Elijah Wood film? I don't know. Or is that nine? I can't keep this straight. Nine is nine is the Elijah Wood film. Okay. Seven is the Kevin Spacey one with Gwyneth Paltrow's. Oh head no, in the no, box. that's not good. Yeah, no, we don't want that. So this game Spoiler. came out like a year and a half ago. No, two and a half. No, year year and a half ago came out December first, twenty seventeen, on PlayStation Four. Um, now it has an expansion coming out called The Drowned Past, um, and that content is available to any owners of the game. Um, it is also coming to PC via Steam with an oh, enhanced... Right. It was released, Sorry. It was yeah. PC. It was on Steam. PC. Now it's coming to PS4 and it's going to have all of the content uh, of the base game and Drowned Past. And all that is hitting on March 26th. So one of the things that the, the developers said with um, with the expansion is that they've listened to all the um, the feedback and the response about like what what needed to be fixed from the the first release, and it's all being taken into consideration. But it did it did kind of make me worried about how much was not working the first time around. Hmm. It's always good when developers take feedback. All right. If you have been interested in playing Dissidia Final Fantasy NT, but you're like, oh, the game's so expensive. I don't want to play. I don't want to spend $20 on it. Good news. There is a free-to-play version that's available now on both PlayStation 4 and PC via Steam. So this works like um, a MOBA where there is a weekly rotation of free characters to play. 
Um, and then if you really like a character or uh, like a loadout, you can buy characters or weapons, or you can just outright buy the game, which will also grant you access to the full single player mode, 34 characters, all the cosmetic weapons and outfits. Um, bear in mind that if you want to play this on PlayStation 4, a PlayStation Plus subscription is required to play online games on the PS4. So, yeah. Um, so this is kind of a weird one. And yeah. I've been having a lot of discussions about this all week across like social media and our Discord. Um, because we have sort of like a a, a disconnect um, on a society. major cultural discourse. Yeah, on society yes. morals. So here's what happened is one of the um, actors from Judge Eyes or Judgment in North America and Europe. Um, he, he's like the cap. He's a captain of the Tojo clan, um, which plays major part in the Yakuza games as well as Judge Eyes. He was arrested um, for cocaine. Yeah. Arrested. He hasn't gone to trial yet, right? Right. Um, but the thing is, is drug use in Japan is really, really considered incredibly heinous. It'd be like if a presidential candidate harassed or sexually harassed a woman, they would never get elected. It would be like, (laughs) wait, never mind. It would be like your favorite voice actor being accused of raping a 13 year old. Mm. Mm. Is that accurate? Well, there's Vic Momoga. Oh, God. Can um, we just stop having real life examples? Yeah, all right. Let's stop that. Yeah. I mean, this is something that, I mean, all right. Um, I don't want to say it's the equivalent to the way North Americans view murder, but let's say that in Japan, this is taken incredibly seriously. And generally, mm-hmm. people with drug arrests, let alone drug convictions, basically never work in public again. And so the problem is, is um, this guy also voices um, Olaf, Olaf in Frozen. In Kingdom Hearts. Yeah. yeah. And so um, ja- Sega has stopped all sales of Judge Eyes in Japan. Um, they have removed all marketing of it from their social media networks. They like disabled the site temporarily for Judge Eyes. They've pulled all the copies off the shelf and they're kind of like, all right, we don't know what we're going to do. But we're going to do I something. Don't get why you need to do this? See, all all Kingdom Hearts did is they they're going to push a patch that like takes him out of the game, basically. Yeah, they're they're redubbing him, but for the moment, they've pushed down a patch that removes his voice from the game. Yeah, it's like, do you re- get- somebody did something bad? Do you have to erase them from history all of a sudden? Uh, yeah, basically, that- yeah, that's kind of how it works in Japan. Like this happened in uh, Yakuza before, because the uh, actor who played the Chinese detective in Yakuza Four had the similar—I think it may have been cocaine as well there—and that was why, like for years, they didn't release Yakuza Four in uh, in Japan. And when they did the HD remake, not only did they recast the voice actor, but they went back in and totally changed the uh, the character model, so it doesn't look like that guy anymore. Hmm. Okay. So, yeah, this is the problem that they're going to have is not only do they have this guy's voice in Judge Eyes, but they also have his likeness. Mm-hmm. Because like the Yakuza games, most of the voice actors how were used as basic models for the game as well. 
Yeah, they've been doing that in Yakuza for years. And and you could imagine like the compromise typically you would have is like, okay, well, maybe we'll just dub it in English and leave off the Japanese voice track. But they've already made a big deal with judgment that they were going to, you know, do do both in this case, have the Japanese. And they were making it. That was a big part of their marketing push that they've already had was that they were going to have both. Right. And the problem is, is in terms of a North American audience, right now we're kind of in limbo because we have a release date. It's supposed to be June 25th, but this may drastically alter that release date. And I feel really bad because uh, Trigger, uh, so there's a, a guy who works at Atlas. He's basically the voice of the Yakuza series, uh, Trigger Red. I forget his real name, Scott something. Yeah, yeah I can't remember. Um, and he basically tweeted on Friday, Hey guys, you probably noticed I haven't tweeted all week and that's because I know what you're going to ask and I don't have an answer yet. <laughs> so bear Fair with enough. us while we try to figure this out. Yeah, there's probably going to be a lot of talk between the US and Japan to sift that out. Right, and it's sort of been I, Is it wrong for me to say I kind of want the cocaine guy in the U.S. version? <laughs> it's just been fascinating to me because all of my North American friends and even some of my European friends are like, it's just cocaine, who cares? <laughs> and it's like, one, that, that reaction makes me kind of blink, blink, blink a little bit. But they're not wrong because societally we have kind of uh, just said that drug use, even hard drug use in North America is kind of a meh, meh, meh. Well, yeah, because, you know, you can kind of recover from that. I mean, look at Robert Downey Jr. He was an alcoholic. Oh, well, I, I guess he, he did, did a lot of cocaine, too, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. Here, here I, in North isn't America, the exception you're almost like, done. Aren't you surprised okay. when the actors don't use drugs? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, we all just want to be big rock stars. No, no more Nickelback. Um, was last week too much? Any yeah. time is too much. Oh. All the time is too much. All right. Um, hey, remember how Don't pigs... make me bring that YouTube video back up. <laughs> remember how pigs are flying in CrossCode and it's heading to um, Nintendo Switch? Mm-hmm. Um, they also announced it's coming to Xbox One. Okay. So what's flying now? Um, I don't know. Uh, did they say they were never going to do that either or something? <laughs> I don't know. Um, so I think when they announced the, when people started bugging them about consoles, it was like, we are, they, they have said they were interested in doing PlayStation 4 and someone was like, well, how about Nintendo Switch? And they basically, I think they actually literally said when pigs fly, which is why there are flying pigs in their announcement trailer for CrossCode on, on Switch. So yeah, they're still interested in PS4, no official announcement. It's coming to um, Switch in 2019, and it's also coming to Xbox One in 2019. And much like the Switch version, the Xbox One version will have exclusive quest lines um, specific to that console. Um, So Path of Exile has grown way bigger than I ever thought it would. Uh, Yeah, Yeah. and it ain't going anywhere. They're, They're having a fan convention. Whoa. Yep. So Exile Con is going to be November 16th and 17th, 2019 in Auckland, New Zealand. Auckland. Is that like Oakland? No, it's Auckland. Oh, that's like the, um, yeah, that was that episode of Full House where they thought they were getting on a plane to Oakland, but they were actually going to Auckland. Yeah. Um, 
I don't remember that episode, so I'm just going to smile and nod. So there will be multiple events and announcements surrounding the game. Um, they're going to discuss the 2019, December 2019 expansion, the 4.0 um, release that they're going to have in 2020. So you can pick up uh, tickets from pathofexile.com slash exilecon. ExileCon, where all the convicts go. <laughs> I mean, isn't that kind of what New Zealand is, right? No, that's... I thought that Australia, was Australia. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then they kicked over to New Zealand, right? I don't know. Okay. You're the person uh, from the Commonwealth, so you would know, I would guess. So, hey, do you remember how Idea Factory International insisted that Death and Request was going to be exclusively PlayStation 4? No. Yeah, so Idea Factory Why would I remember insisted this? <laughs> that Death and Request was going to be exclusively PlayStation 4. Except the Steam version that they announced this week. Mm. All of the free and paid DLC released on PlayStation 4 will be available at PC at launch. Um, except the swimsuit bundle. So, um, no full release date for Death and Request on Steam except for Spring. And the swimsuit bundle uh, is going to be released on June 4th. Which in some cases puts more clothes on the characters than they already have. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's right. You played the game. <laughs> All right. Um, Yokai Watch 4 ha- finally has a new release date. So this was supposed to come out at like the end of 2018. And then it got delayed into 2019 with lots of bowing and apologies. Um, now it has a release date again. It's coming from Nintendo Switch in Japan on June 6th. What about here? No... Um, announcements. Oh. I mean, Yokai Watch Three just came out here not that long ago, so I would be really stunned catch if this up. didn't come, come out. Um, also, where are all those Inazuma Eleven games? We got the first one. Yeah, they, are you ever going to get the rest of those? Yeah, Aries <laughs> got delayed in Japan again. I think. <clears throat> I just Alex the would be the one that knows, and he left. Curse oh, you, Alex. Yeah. Um, Battle Chasers Night War. You were talking about this, Chris. Yeah, that's yeah. a Pascal Yay. game. Yeah. It's great. It's coming to iOS and Android. I have it on Switch. Oh, okay. I do as well. <laughs> I should play it. Yeah. So, yes, I uh, should too. <laughs> the mobile release will be coming in summer 2019, um, and they will be a $10 one-time purchase with no in-app um, stuff. So yeah, if you want to play it now, it's out on PS4, Xbox One, Nintendo Switch, and PC. All right. Um, Dwarf Fortress. I love how you say that as though you've never heard of Dwarf Fortress before. I have heard of Dwarf Fortress. Okay. I have seen lots of people play Dwarf Fortress. But Dwarf Fortress has always been a free game. I've heard that like I should never get. Like. I should never try Dwarf Fortress because it will ruin my life. <laughs> That's all I know about I've Dwarf Fortress. Same. Okay. So, um, so what's they, the news? Their their big thing has always been they always want to put out Dwarf Fortress for free, and that it's a pay as you pay. Is whatever this an you ASCII like. game? I don't know anything about this. Yeah. Game. So yeah, yeah. It's an ASCII other game. than I should stay away from it. Yep. For my own sake. So um, they coming are Steam. coming to Steam and okay. Itchio. So um, the idea is is um, they are going to continue to maintain and build the ASCII version 
Um, but there's also going to be a pay version. And the, basically the reason is um, healthcare in the U.S. is really expensive and they can no longer afford to not sell this game. Okay. Yeah, Chris. Um, Dwarf Fortress is basically a... Uh, or how do I want to say it? Uh, Minecraft before Minecraft was a thing. And like even uh, Notch himself has said that he was pretty much inspired by Dwarf Fortress to make Minecraft. Okay. So can can he be inspired by Dwarf Fortress to? Never mind. No, Anna, <laughs> don't go there. <sighs> All right. So yeah, I I don't know what else to say about that besides, wow, America. Um. So speaking of wow and WTF. So, new Camco game came out this week, Chris. Camco alert. Camco alert. Please return to your nearest shelter. Camco alert. Close down your mobile devices. Camco alert. So, Bonds of the Sky released for uh, Nintendo Switch this week. And the game itself is, I think, twelve ninety nine, which is a little more expensive than most of their games. Most of them are in that like nine ninety nine ish range. So here's the thing that that blows my mind. Here are the DLCs you can get for Bonds of the Skies. Experience times three. All experience values gained increased by two hundred percent. No encounters. Disables battle encounters. Damage times two. Damage dealt to enemies is doubled. Full restore. All characters HP, SP, and abnormal statuses are fully recovered and cured after battle. Now, if you're saying to yourself, hmm, some of these sound fairly familiar, you're totally right. Because if you ever played a Neptunia game, you've seen basically all of these DLCs in one of them or another. But here's the thing that's really crazy. Would, would anybody like to take a guess how much these DLCs are? Uh, 99 cents? Nine, 9.99. <laughs> yeah, so $1. I mean, like Chris uh, and like Kelly, I expected them to be 99 cents because that's what they are in the Neptunia games and similar titles. Nope. Triple experience is $5. No encounters is 2 Double oh, damage is $5. And a full restore is $4. That's crazy. And that's just... Oh, boy. So if you want all of this boost DLC, it's another $16. Why would you even buy this stuff? It's just going to ruin the game. It's more expensive than the game itself. (laughs) Can you toggle it at least? Yes. All of these can be toggled, and there's actually a slider for them in the the add-ons menu. So you can toggle them on and off. But what the hell? This DLC is more expensive than the game. Seems like they're doing the Dead or Alive Six model of pricing DLC. Yeah, so I have I have very little objection to DLCs like this because I often buy into them. But what the hell at these prices? All right, um, and in another sort of weird thing, um, you know, normally we don't cover Axiom Verge because it's a Metroidvania, um, but a story came out this week that is like super weird, and so. Um, Kind of the teal deer of this all is in March of 2017, 
Badland Games came to the two guys that made Axiom Verge and said, hey, not only will we produce a physical game for you, but 75% of our cut will go into a trust fund for one of the devs really, really sick kids because he has a neurological disorder. He's going to be on medications and having procedures his entire life. Cool. So, hey, that's a really awesome deal. They mm-hmm. And so the guys took it. And so, um, you know, as part of that, Limited Run Games said, all right, no problem. We will work with you um, to do this. Um, so Badland Games is set in Spain. So they needed to reach out to someone who was a North American um, publisher and distributor. So they reached out to Limited Run Games. Limited Run is like, hell yeah, this is exactly up our alley. Let's do it. Gave Badland Games $78,000. So this game was supposed to come out around now, two years ago. Um, and the, the very long explanation is um, Badland Games became Badland Publishing, and they still owe um, $78,000 to limited run because not only did they not make them any games they have been ducking their calls and emails they had to sue them and they didn't even show up to the court so they got a d so limited runs got a default win and they've still not paid them back oh yeah and by the way the 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 company that published it in europe um when it came time to pay the two guys that made Axiom Verge and put that money towards that trust for the really sick kid, they pieced out. So not only do they owe limited run games, 70,000 plus costs. I think they said it's about $120,000 at this point. They owe the two guys that made Axiom Verge at least $200,000. God, that whole reading that whole situation and the two hundred thousand dollars is just a guess because um badland publishing badland games badland publishing whatever you want to call them won't tell them how many copies that they sold and how much money they made off of it (sighs) and here this is my this is my favorite part is basically badlands publishing has come out and said everybody who is in this is a bad faith actor except for us because we've offered to pay everybody back. And they have, and they, they, they said that they basically got dinged at their bank and that sank them for a little bit. And now they're back on track and they want to pay people back, except they are still publishing um, games and, and purchasing licenses. They have money. And my favorite part is, is this company claims they have paid back 90% of their debtors and that limited run and um, the two people that made Axiom Verge are part of the 10, air quote, 10% of people that they haven't paid back. Well, if they owe the Axiom Verge people at least $200,000 and they owe limited run games $120,000, that makes $320,000. That means they were in the hole for over $3 million dollars. And I have a really hard time believing that. Wasn't there one of their excuses also that Limited Run Games wasn't answering their emails? Except Limited Run Games, like, published the receipts. Also, when you're being sued... By which you mean they put a copy of all the emails up. Yeah. Also, when you're being sued, everything that gets sent to you gets sent by registered mail. The idea that stuff didn't get to them in a reasonable amount of time is crap. 
if they seriously didn't have any evidence that they had contacted the people that they were suing, the judge would have thrown out the case. Yeah, I, I saw that on my Twitter feed this week and that that woman who runs games is basically taking a bath on that physical release. Yeah, they're they're going to do it at a loss, but they'd rather do it than not do it. And I mean, good on them for for yeah. you know, going through with it and and not blaming the Axiom Verge guys. And yeah. Publishing games is way harder than people think. And it's way more expensive than people think. Yeah, and make sure not to buy anything from Badland Games anymore. Yeah, don't buy anything from Badland Publishing. They're bad actors. So it's not just a clever name. <laughs> Let's see what they've published. <clears throat> to see what mistakes I've made. <laughs> uh, like... Games. Right. Now, they predominantly publish in well, Europe. Well, first of all, let's remember Spain. that here the problem isn't the game creator it's the publisher so by mm -hmm. not buying the games you may be publishing the game creator for the publisher's sins <sighs> anyway here's the list uh the occupation and yeah the, some of this might only be in europe right is all this only in europe hard to say some of them they have the rights to both europe and north america and they have farmed out the north american rights to somebody else all right so we got the occupation mars chaos menace Death and Request, Code Realize, Wintertide Miracles, and Otome Game, The Long Journey Home, Genesis Alpha One, uh, Noah Mund, Lovecraft's Untold Stories, Awe, A-W-E, and Leopoldo Manquisel. I haven't heard of like any of these other than Death and Request. So. Yeah, that was the only one I recognized. And I don't even think that... I'm pretty sure that's only published in europe by them long so. journey home i've heard of that oh yeah on the phone so they're not really a big player here <laughs> they're not i was kind of disappointed to see an idea factory game on there and i really hope they don't work with them further yeah but i mean where is that even being published by them europe just europe okay there you go uh, da -da -da -da. amazon it looks like yes so um spain right yep or yeah, that that's Estonia? where they are. Oh, okay. I have now said that three times. Sorry. Sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Anna. Anna. Uh-huh. I'm sorry. Uh-huh. We sorry, have three Anna. reviews this week. No, we have two reviews. Um, so as as Alex mentioned earlier, he finished and reviewed Near Automata. So check that out. Um <laughs> Poor Jooms. Jooms reviewed Mary Skelter Nightmares, and it's like he played a completely different game than me. So he doesn't like it? No, and no. he ran into... So it's really rare. There's like a game um, breaking bug. And it... it they've, they've looked into it, and they've tried to figure out how it happens, and it's so random. Oh my gosh, I searched for Tacoma earlier, so now I'm getting an ad on the review for a Tacoma truck. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> Goodness. So yeah, um, the, the devs have like tried to hunt down this bug, but it happens so infrequently, and there doesn't seem to be any rhyme or reason as to how it triggers, that they have not quashed it yet. 
So yeah, James ran into it. I would imagine that that would kill my interest in the game. Um, I did not run into it. Like most people won't. Um, and so, yeah, James did not enjoy the game. Um, we also have an impression of King Crimson Keep. <laughs> and uh, he, here, here's your tidbit quote. Crimson Keep plays like a diet Sky, Skyrim where it has a similar leveling and combat system, yet none of what makes it enjoyable. <laughs> so uh, I, I think... <laughs> and here's our, our conclusion with all of its issues crimson keep is the best underdeveloped and at worst virtually unplayable with nothing to draw players back to it one would be hard pressed to find any reason to recommend it even for those desperately looking for an action roguelike yikes so yeah you can read the full impression of the game um probably don't expect a review for that one it sounds like it's probably not worth finishing I'm starting to think that um, The Last Unicorn might be the best one we've played this week. <laughs> oh, well, like, well, no, Nier. I forgot about Nier. All right, so that leaves one more review, Anna. Nier Automata from Alex. I started No, with I don't think you said one. that. Okay. Yeah. I'm sorry. You did. I was looking up about a game that's coming out this week or came out this week. Hey, so. guys. So you know how I complain that Chris never listens to me? Anna. Yes. Anna. He was distracted by the Tacoma ad. Anna. <laughs> Anna. Anna. Uh-huh. I'm sorry. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, we should talk about the um, the Axiom Verge thing. Shush. <laughs> <laughs> You all. Wow, that's big news. <laughs> I can ask a dumb question. Here's a question I actually have. Does okay. anyone know where you can get a list of all the games that are available on EA Origin Access, Basic, and Premiere? No. Okay, thanks. Um, Goken is heading to Switch in Japan. This was previously a PC exclusive that launched September in 2017. Um, no announcements as to whether we will see this outside Japan. Um, What's a Goken? It's a game. <laughs> you Can equip you be a little bit better than you that? You equip two different weapons, one in your left, one in your right, and it affects how you play the game. Okay, so you can dual wield. That doesn't tell me anything about the game. Mm -hmm. These are briefs. What? <laughs> What is this? <laughs> uh, Mistover, a dungeon crawling RPG, is coming to PC and Nintendo Switch in summer 19. God Eater 3 has a new... Mistover. <laughs> I said the genre. What? What? It's an RPG. Dungeon crawling. Okay, cool. God Eater 3 has a new oh, patch out. 1.2. New content, new adjustments. Totally free. Uh, go beat up an Amon Ra. And what? play new missions. An origami? Yes. Um, as we mentioned earlier, Destiny Connect has launched in Japan. Uh, is that, is that a uh, mobile app to talk to Destiny? No. Right, we've already made that joke, th yeah. th haven't we? I'm sorry. Um, new trailer yeah. sorry. for Super Dragon Ball Heroes World Missions Card Battle. I saw this trailer. Yes, you were really excited by this trailer. I'm um, mediumly excited about this I'm trailer. I'm interested in this There's game. There's so many cards. I think it's so going to be cards. overwhelming and not and a bit shallow. Well, so. um, if you're interested in checking it out, it's Nintendo Switch and PC on April 5th. I'm getting tired of card games, Anna. I think Dragon Star Varnier me. has a more solid um, release window. 
North America and Europe in twenty Ooh. summer twenty nineteen. What? Um, new Is this screenshots. A new Dragon Quest game and a no trailer. Uh, oh, um, only if you were feeding uh, witches dragon's blood. So how does this work? You have witches. <laughs> you're on a tactical thing. There's so this dragons. is another game that Idea Factory Gosh, has said like garbage is going this to be like, exclusively this is Idea PlayStation Factory, so 4. So it's garbage, right? So um, expect a PC announcement sometime. It after has pretty it's art, in summer. and the story might be okay. And other than that, it's garbage. Are we just accepting this now? Hey, Niflheim is coming to consoles. Oh, we're not even accepting anything. What's mm-hmm. Niflheim? Is that more Idea Factory? No, this is um you. This you, is um, a lot of games. E l l a d a. So this is all Vikings. Yeah, so you're you're basically a warrior that dies in honorable combat, and instead of showing up on Valhalla, you show up in Niflheim. Oops! And it's you like, what up. the hell? So, so now, yeah. what do you do? Um, ports coming to Nintendo Switch, Xbox One, and PlayStation Four. Um, expected to release in is it spring twenty nineteen. Action RPG? No, it's a side-scrolling. It's action a side-scrolling RPG. action RPG with inventory. Okay, cool. All right, and uh, Steampunk Dungeon Crawler of a Porum is also coming to consoles. Um, if <laughs> oh, this is a first-person dungeon crawler, yeah. So April 9th to eleventh. Oh, it's on the um, Switch on PS4, Xbox One, and Nintendo Switch. Oh, you know what um, this game me is twenty-five dollars, no matter what console. But it's got one of these wacky release schedules where it's like April 9th, PS4 in North America, April tenth, PS4 in Europe, April tenth, Xbox One, April eleventh, Nintendo Switch, because that would be Tuesday, Wednesday, Wednesday, Thursday. This reminds me of that. Um real-time dungeon crawler game for pc um and they had the sequel and nobody remembers uh gorgrot grunt <laughs> i know which one huh i remember it i can't remember the name uh legend of grimrock grimrock yes, yes it yeah. looks like legend of grimrock in its style uh of of being real-timey except this is very steampunky instead of fantasy so yeah that's that's the vibe i get from that and that's all the news for this week. Woo! Feedback time. All right. Feedback. So we asked a question of the week last week. It Japanese was... or localized voiceover. All right. Um, and Twitter replied. Um, Blazer says he wants it in localized or English. Uh, Zuljin Zero says, I prefer English, but I would totally switch to Japanese if the magic system was like in Sword Art Online's Fairy World game, where they had to say phrases in English to cast spells. Um, Lol Whoops says, I prefer localized voices almost universally. I find that I just don't feel the emotion being thrown into the roles the way others do when I can't understand what's being said. And Hoopman says it varies on a case-by-case basis i do find it weird when a character in persona 5 complains in perfect colloquial english about being unable to understand his english grammar lessons (laughs) yes that is quite weird (laughs) all right and people wrote in um strawberry egg says i'm getting over a cold too i generally like anime i prefer japanese games to be dubbed probably speaks to my poor ability to learn languages but i feel a disconnect with the characters and story if i have to read what characters are saying at the bottom of the screen i may switch to japanese if the english dub is particularly bad but this is rare nowadays all right featherhoof writes in and says as someone who's fascinated by VO work and cherishes a deep desire to someday do it I always, uh, I almost always use localized voiceovers. Good voice acting can convey so much. 
not just the words printed on the screen. And when I can understand what the VA is saying, it creates more of a connection. And bad VO work is not only a great, great sense of hilarity to me and makes my job as a Twitch streamer easier, um, but also serves as good lessons and gives me practice as I'll try to lead, lead, read the lines myself and try different voices and inflections. Uh, Victor says, question of the week. I used to prefer Japanese voices, but as the overall quality of English voice acting in games has improved, I found that I'd rather hear English voices, especially since most RPGs have some bits of battle dialogue that aren't subbed, and it's nice to understand any battle cries or quips. Uh, Victor also says, <clears throat> I have an indie JRPG um, f- to recommend to Kelly and okay. other animal lovers. Earthlock. Mostly because of the playable Storm Dog, Taika, and the playable Hog Bunny, Nart. The game feels Hog inspired. Bunny. Yes. The game feels inspired by Final Fantasy, and Taika reminds me of Red 13. Earthlock's story is okay, but its gameplay is decently challenging. It's on pretty much every system now, including the Switch. Okay, I'll have to commit that to memory. Earthlock, I, it's funny. I put in the feedback and I didn't even see that call out to me. We have, uh, we've covered Earthlock a bit because it came out a couple times. I think they put out an updated or better Yeah, they put out like a big bad edition when they put yeah. it out on console. Completely overhauled a lot of the systems. All right. Kroll writes in and says, Is it just me then? I mostly but not exclusively prefer listening to the original voice track with English subs if I have the choice. JRPGs tend to lean towards the melodramatic and hearing these lines in English can sometimes make me cringe. Also, whether it's anime or some art house film, I would always prefer subs to dubs. They give a better flavor of the culture that produced the work. So opinions seem to be pretty split. Yep. It's hilarious to me because, you know, back in the day, saying that you were an anime fan that preferred uh, dubs to subs was pretty much like, you know, fighting words. Well, it's it still is in my household, but um, yeah. oh. I'm married to her, so I have to deal with it. Yeah, I like dubs. Probably because a lot of the animes that I was... I'm about to get a ring to the face. Um, probably a lot of the animes that is. I grew up on... There it is! <laughs> um, re- had really good... It's reversed this week. <laughs> had really good dubs. So, like, I really like Ranma one half, and I really like the dub. See, back in the day, I didn't like dubs be, or sub subtitled anime because before HD TVs, you know, trying to read the text on a CRT was just really difficult for me, and I have a hard time seeing anyway. I would like to note, Anna, that the chat room is going crazy about you liking Ranma's dub. <laughs> I like it! Um, there are other animes that I prefer the sub. Like, I don't like Evangelion's dub. What about e, uh, Initial D's dub, Anna? Initialize. <laughs> so I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm sub or dub. I'm pretty ambivalent either way. But I love how just hot garbage the English opening is to Initial D. Please YouTube it. It is so awful, and I love it. But without dubs like the DBZ Ocean dub, we wouldn't get great lines like "It's over nine thousand. Why it's 9, over nine thousand? I, and I think we'd be better for it, Kelly. <laughs> no, that, memes like that make it all worth we it. We have so many memes. We are not in a shortage of memes. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, guys. The balls are inert. 
<laughs> the balls are in my other pants pocket. <laughs> All right. Um, we also got a long letter from Jason, which I didn't notice last week. I'm sorry, Jason. Please don't hate me. Um, he sent it in like Saturday morning and I, I checked the email on Friday night. So, mm. all right. Uh, Jason says, I'm sure I'm not alone in wanting to list more than one game that I regret buying a full price. So I will go with the most recent regret. Metro Exodus. Have you played these games, Pascal? Um, I played the second one on the Xbox. Okay. Met, uh, Metro 2034, I think. Okay. Um, so Jason says, I like the previous two games quite a bit. Sure, the post-apocalyptic thing has been done, but they managed to do interesting things with it. For the sake of brevity, I'll just say I like the survival aspects of it. Worrying about your oxygen supply and trying to keep your gas mask from cracking while you have these horrible-looking radiation monsters trying to kill you more than makes up for the but if what if humans were the real monsters all along? <gasps> Story. Exodus feels like a low-rent 3D fallout. It lost something when it went from claustrophobic subway tunnels that are your only safe place uh, to breathe. And outside is a nightmare between poison air and monsters. Losing that after five hours, I've never really felt myself in any danger. It's now just a middling open-world shooter that crashes. A lot. They Ouch. captured the fallout feel. <laughs> didn't right. used to be that way back in the original fallout days <laughs> yeah i found that the uh this like the subway tunnel setting was what kind of made it interesting like the the world building more more so than the like the shooting aspects of it bullets are currency it's awesome uh jason also says i'm going to cheat and second chris's regret of buying valkyrie revolution at full uh, price uh, i also forgot i had it pre-ordered until the uh, amazon shipping alert came through yeah, same. I'm also in that boat. It was not very good. <laughs> if I can go back a couple episodes, I don't think there's a single RPG I'd like to be turned into a movie. I'm watching every video game movie ever made chronologically for my podcast and then ranking them arbitrarily against each other. It is a depressing endeavor, and I cannot imagine a 20-plus hour game being consolidated down to two hours and not being, well, terrible. I mean, even stuff with the most basic of plots has not transitioned well to film. Mortal Kombat? Mortal Kombat's That's okay, one if of the I remember, few but it has mediocre obse- exceptions, Anna. Test it's like, your light. It's like, that's fine, but that is not the rule. <laughs> okay. I don't think... I, I have an unpopular opinion that I don't think the Mario Brothers movie is as bad as people think I it like is. the Mario Brothers movie! The ter- the turtles are terrible! Swing your arms from side to side. Oh, wait. Different Mario. Wrong one. <laughs> Come on, it's time to go do the Mario! Did you say the turtles? Yeah. Are there even turtles in the movie? No. They're like you this mean, You mean the Koopas. You mean the Koopas in the elevator. Yeah. When that's doing, doo, 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 yeah, there's elevator music, doo. and so the Mario Brothers it's, make them... It's not elevator music, it's the water level music from mm. Mario. <laughs> I didn't notice that. That's what that music is. <laughs> it's elevator music. It's in an elevator and it's music, therefore it's elevator music. I mean, I kind of like the Blade Runner interpretation of the Mario Mario universe. 
I I am okay with the idea that their names are Mario Mario and Luigi Mario. I am as dumb as that is. <laughs> that is canon to me. Hasn't Shiggy <laughs> said that that's fine? I think they said it's not true. Oh, okay, true, and, but it's awesome. <laughs> and I've also said that I love Bob Hoskins Mario voice the most out of all of them, even more than Char- Charles <gasps> Martin. More than Lou Albano? Yes. I don't know if I can agree with that. This is this is bordering on sacrilege. I know. <laughs> Have you guys seen the CDI Mario? What? Oh, yeah. Oh, the Hotel Mario for the CDI. Go oh, watch boy. that later. Okay. <laughs> All right. There's lots of you. There's lots of YouTube poops of that. Oh one. yeah. <laughs> YouTube poops. Yeah. I have the um the Tekken DVD at home. Oh oh, but why? I don't know. I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> no. The ocean Based says on that yes. Comment. All right. Mm. I have no idea what she's talking about. Thank you, Jason. We like your long-winded letters. Right in more. (laughs) We like your long... That's mean. He calls it a long-winded... Oh, all right. Sorry for the long-winded reply. It's been a while, and I I figured that's perhaps brought me some leniency. All right. Mr. Wolf texted us and said, so I don't know if I'm sending this in in time. You did, Mr. Wolf. Um, But I prefer English voices. Like in Bravely Second Idea going is the most funny line I have heard in my whole life. And it is so much better in the English voices. Um, Also, would you recommend Lost Sphere or I Am Setsuna? Who's played them? I reviewed them both. What do you prefer, I, Pascal? He liked Lost Sphere. Oh, Lost Sphere. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> He's the whole reason I put it on my Christmas list. Because I remember it wasn't Setsuna. <laughs> I don't like this being the reason of something. That's a lot of pressure. Uh... So I think the the predominant complaint that I heard with people with I Am Setsuna is that it's depressing and that it it has struggles to motivate you to continue going because it is literally one giant snow level. Yeah. One giant snow level and nothing but piano music. Yeah, I mean, so, it, it, it used to have all the comparisons to Chrono Trigger, but it's kind of like if the um, the future level of Chrono Trigger, uh, Robo's World, was the entire game. Everything is as desolate yeah. as that, so it kind of wears on you. Ugh. Yeah. But Lost Fear it, seems to take a lot of lessons from I Am Setsuna, and there's more variety, there's better music, there's more level design. Um, <clears throat> yeah. I mean, if I'm, I don't remember the combat system um, very well right now, but I think even that was a little bit better. So I think the consensus seems to be play Lost Sphere if you're going to play either of them. And their their next game is is an action RPG, I think. They've yeah, already announced it. It. It, was, it was, but it's a little different from what they've been doing. And it's coming out this year. Yeah, we might see it at E3. We'll see. If you want to leave feedback, there's lots of ways for you to do so. You, you. can email us like Jason did, podcast at rpgamer.com. You can call or text us like Mr. Wolf did. Uh, that number is 608-729-4098. You can join our awesome audience that comes every week to twitch.tv slash rpgamer at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. Um, you can tweet a reply when we tweet out our question of the week at rpgamer on Twitter. Um, or you can come by the website, www.rpgamer.com, find the latest podcast thread, drop your reply there like it's hot. All right. We have new game releases this week. What should our question of the week be for this oh. week? Oh. 
I'm thinking what 3DS game would you like to see get uh, the Alliance Live treatment on the Switch? Oh, would you like seeing ported to Nintendo Switch? All right. My vote is how many AA batteries has your Wiimote eaten? (laughs) (laughs) Or in my case, it's coming back after all this time and seeing the, uh, you know, the acid coming out and ruining stuff. I have a a question for people. Mm -hmm. What is the minimum amount of money you can spend to get all of the Sims 4 content? Oh, it's like a calculus question. I've been looking it up during this podcast. It's ridiculous. (coughs) All right. New game releases. None of them have to do with The Sims. Oh, right. I want to do this. Chocobo's Mystery Dungeon, everybody. Whee! When's that coming out? Uh, 20th. 20th. PS4 and Nintendo Switch. Nino Kuni 2 Revenant Kingdom is getting a DLC release. Tale of a Timeless Tome. I forget which this one is. It's a bunch of things. Yeah, PS4 and PC. Uh, we have Fate Extella Link, which for the Vita, Switch, PC, and PS4. It's a Vita game. Uh, it's another Fate Extella game. Yeah, it's another Musu-esque. That SNK 40th Anniversary Collection has the really good emulation of all the SNK games, such that you can jump into the middle of the demo and start picking up from where the demo stopped. Uh, that's coming to PS4 finally. It's already been on the Switch for a while. Uh, Super Robot Wars T in Japan, just for Alice. Um, and Bonds of the Sky is coming to Switch. Whatever Bonds of the Sky is. Anyone know? No? It's that Chemco game. Talked oh, about is that the one we were talking today. about? That's the Chemco one? <laughs> I've already blocked it out. Chemco alert. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Monster Boy and the Cursed Kingdom demo is coming to Switch. Game's already out on Switch, so this is the demo. Um, something we're not covering here, but we should. Ghost of a Tale came out this week. I don't think we hit it last week because they hadn't been announced until very late. Um, that's the one where it's kind of an action RPG where you're playing as the mouse. Um, or is it more of an action game? I don't know. I'm covering it anyway because it's got a cute mouse character, and that's on PC, PS4. It's been on PC for a while. It's finally hitting PS4 and, P- and Xbox One as a full release. So here's my favorite. I, I, I read like a bunch of lists of games, and uh, it's, here, here's two that I pulled out that were my favorite. My okay. Jurassic Farm 2018. And it's, it's 2019 now. Not, not a typo. Oh, it's 2019 now though. Yes. We already did this typo earlier in the show. <laughs> All right. So, and here's here is a description of a game that I think you guys will enjoy. So, this okay. is Symmetry. Symmetry is a survival management game set in a mm. retro-futuristic sci-fi universe. Your main goal is to manage crash survivors and help them within withstand the desolate, extremely cold environment in order to fix their spacecraft and escape. The non-obvious plot is accompanied by an atmospheric <laughs> musical score and graphic design that sustains the harsh and mysterious ambience. Let me tell you, if I'm going to play a game, the one buzzword that I want to hear out of it is non-obvious plot. Got it. Just for you. Oh, man. Yeah, that sounds like that was translated from something. <laughs> dock a point from the review immediately because it has a non-obvious plot. How does anybody think that that sounds like a benefit to a game? It's non-obvious. <laughs> Come on. I think they were trying to make it sound like they were not being a cliche, you know, survival management game. I think they failed. Um, they're like, buy this because it's different than all the other survival management games you've played in your past. 
Um, See, would you like to, to make a bet a... that this game is going to be painfully the same? Maybe, tropes. maybe, yeah. Maybe they should have called every... it an abnormal plot. Would that have been a better translation? Yes. <laughs> the awkward See, plot. To me, it just sounds non, like somebody... non-typical. The atypical plot is accompanied by an atmospheric musical score. None of these are good. You don't talk about your plot directly like that. This is just a bad premise to begin with. Sure, but if you're going to put it in there, there's got to be a better word than not obvious. Because that gives it a completely different reading than they want it to. The M. Night Shyamalanian style plot. (laughs) How about the intriguing plot is accompanied by an atmospheric music score. (sighs) Shyamalanian-esque. I'm just, right. I'm actually upset that Chocobo Mystery Dungeon doesn't have a physical release. I've, I've it been... does in Europe. So if you want a physical copy, go buy it from Europe. I'm surprised the Squeenix store didn't have a special That's what I was edition. looking for. Something. That's what I was expecting too. But no, the only place that it has a physical release is Europe and the Switch is region free. So go forth. And Nintendo import. Europe loves people and Nintendo of America doesn't. No. Um, Europe Don't make me read the letter again. Games than digital games. Which is ironic because internet speeds are way better in pretty much everywhere in Europe than they are in North America. Smaller. Easier to do. Bullcrap. Can we uh, wrap up the show? Yes. Yes. Um, thank you, Alex and Alice, who unfortunately had to depart early. Thank you, Chris. Thank depart, you, Kelly. They died? Come on, goodness. Anna, we can't handle any more deaths <laughs> on this site. Can we the stop show with this? Early. Who had it's to really exit sudden. the show early. Thank you, Josh. Thank you, Pascal. Thank you, Peter. Now we've mm-hmm. popped his uh, podcast, Terry. Oh, no. Okay. Don't turn we're this into <laughs> an episode of Mario. We're, we're never we going to have Peter on this show again. <laughs> Don't use these words, Anna. Why are you the host? I mean, Chris, because you said it was my week. <laughs> Chris alienated all the Brits. No wonder they're both gone. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. Remember how words are used, Chris? Yeah. <laughs> Phrasing. I wouldn't call this podcast utterly abysmal. <laughs> Just that's, abysmal. That's all right. Alex Thanks. and Alice might. <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for watching. We're going to catch you next week. Till <laughs> then, Peter, what you. are you going to play? <laughs> Thank you, Dale North, for our music. Thank you, no, no, Kelly, we're... for our art. What are people going to be playing next week? Peter. Or Skyward Sword. Kelly. Finishing Steam World Dig. Josh. Now that I'm over the hump, I'm going to try and finish Mariage. Pascal. Mm, I'm, I'm going to start playing Golden Sun. Uh... Oh, hey. Ooh. Wow. And that's a good game. I expected you to say uh, yeah. something bad. I was pre- preloading no, my reaction. And uh, by the way, yeah, good. The GBA version? Yes. Oh, cool. Yay. I, I, I did, those I've started like an hour of it. I'm going to continue. And um, good good job of working hump into your mar- mariage um, thing, Josh. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> clever. Yeah. I, I was about to say, if you're over the hump, you're doing it wrong, Josh. <laughs> Chris still doesn't know what he's going to play, so maybe more Etrian Odyssey, maybe this Ghost of a Tale game finally. Anna, what are you going to play? I'm I'm going to play Existential Crisis of Dragon Ooh. Quest Builders, Caligula Effect over Dose, and uh, everybody! Is that like 358 over 2? Caligula Effect over Overdose? Chris okay. brought up all of the Kingdom Hearts games. Oh, yeah. He hasn't started them. Please somebody convince it's, him that he needs to play the Kingdom Hearts games. They're imposing. Whoa. 
Well, you Chris, you you're in luck. Uh-oh. You're you in luck. We, our backtrack this week was about Kingdom Hearts Chain oh, of no. Memories in 2. Oh, no. But I don't have time to listen to a backtrack. That's like 17 hours. <laughs> oh, my God. Do you, like, not have a commute? <laughs> it's like five minutes, so no, not really. Don't you have a commute? What is this, like the Diablo thing? Don't you have phones? Don't you have a commute? <laughs> Don't you guys have TVs? <laughs> Did you see that this week? The Diablo folks trademarked Diablo for TV shows and movies, and everyone's like, no, just make a new game. <laughs> and people are like, Don't you guys have TVs? Come on. <laughs> I didn't see that. Favorite. <sighs> <clears throat> thanks everybody we're gonna catch you Thank next you. week 9 a.m pacific we Near love Easter. you all listeners we're yes, we, we're, we we're so you. sorry for abusing you just, oh man love us please even with all of our awards no you don't need to love us we don't you don't owe us anything love this show. Us. no they don't owe us anything anna no, you gotta do it the fluttershy way you are going to love us goodbye everybody Bye-bye. goodbye bye bye